Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host and this is my podcast and I'm so excited about today's episode because I have an incredible guest. His name is Ryan O'Connell. Ryan is the creator and star of my new favorite show, Special, available now on Netflix. Uh, If you haven't seen it already, uh, I implore you to watch this incredible show. Binge watch it. Binge watch that shit just like I did. You will not fucking regret it. Uh, what's special about if you haven't watched it, if you have never even heard of it? That's crazy. Are you living under a rock? Special is a semi-autobiographical series based on Ryan's memoir. And uh, he plays Ryan, that's bizarre, uh, a gay man with cerebral palsy and uh, you know, living his life, confronting what's going on with him internally, uh, trying to live his best life, figure out who he is, be honest with himself and the world. Anyway, I don't want to give anything away. We'll talk about it during the actual conversation. Uh, but I'm telling you, this show, I when, the minute I saw it, I binge watched it and then I reached out to him on Instagram uh, like a crazy stalker. And I was like, hello, will you please be on my podcast? And he was nothing but kind and wonderful. Turns out we have a million mutual friends and we've actually met before. But of course... I didn't remember because uh, I'm going to blame the Zoloft that I'm taking. Um, And side note to side note, there's one moment during this conversation with Ryan where we're talking about the Met Ball, because why wouldn't we be? And we're talking about who he would wear. And we're talking about acne, a a great clothing line, high brow, chic, simple, amazing. I love acne. But for a second, I'm like, you hear me kind of pondering, and it sounds like I'm giving, giving him shade like a, about his acne choice, and I'm not. I was having like a brain lapse. Another thing I'll blame on my Zoloft, maybe. I mean, I really don't think it is, but, but it's because for a moment I was like, what am I thinking of that's not acne but starts with an A, and I'm getting confused? And it was APC, but it, I didn't explain that in the moment. And when I listened back to our conversation, I was like, oh my God, Alexi, it sounds like you're giving him grief for having great taste. And I wasn't. I was just trapped in my mind as per usual, uh, trying to figure something out uh, that I couldn't in the moment. But uh, that's why an intro is great. I can write all my wrongs. Anyway, I'm in love with Ryan O'Connell, but he's in a relationship with a man and I'm in a relationship with a man. So that's fine. And I also want to say, thank God I don't have his cell number, his telephone number, because if I did, I, I think I would just be stream of consciousness texting him uh, about everything and anything, probably Bravo related as well. Um, yeah, I, I just, and so it's better that I don't have that information. Um, yeah, he's a delight. He walked into my home. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, God. What? Ah. <clears throat> oh, my God. Disgusting. Anyway, um, pardon me, guys, people. <clears throat> Ryan walked into my home and lit it up, lit the whole place on fire with his charm, his incredible good looks. He's a strapping, hulking, hunky brute. He was wearing a white t-shirt, I'll have you know. Unfortunately, I don't know why I'm losing my voice right now. Is this how like, you know, pent up I am about Ryan O'Connell being on the podcast today? Anyway, oh my God. He was wearing a simple white crew neck. I, uh, I would expect nothing less. Anyway, um, so listen, you're going to go over to Netflix, and here's what you're also going to discover when you watch special. The cast is incredible. Jessica Hecht, Poonam Patel, Marla Mindell, Augustus Prue, a.k.a. Augie Prue. He's been on this podcast before, and uh, he's incredible. 
and Patrick Fabian. It's an amazing cast, great writing, great acting, and I I have to stop gushing because now it's like embarrassing. Um, I do want to say today's episode is brought to you by Lao Botanicals. Let me tell you about this product. All right. Um, My skin's been improving and it's not a coincidence. I just started using Lao Botanicals. Uh, I used to be terrified of oils. I used to think, I can't use any oils on my face because if I do, I'll break out. And I was terrified of oils. Then I stumbled across Lao Botanicals. And let me pick up these products. All right. They're right in front of me because I'm not a fibber. I'm a realist. Uh, Can you hear me? Those are the products I'm banging on my coffee table. All right. So now I'm using their Awakening Cleansing Oil. All right. Yeah. I'm using their goddess body oil, because sometimes you want to feel like a goddess and body oil is what it takes to do it. Uh, And I'm using their Island Glow Serum, which is also, I guess, one of their top sellers. And uh, so I'm lucky enough to be using one of their top sellers. Last but not least, I'm using their Healing Propolis Balm. And you know what? I actually asked the owner and founder, the creator of this company, how to pronounce that. And she she sent me a voice note and told me how to pronounce it. And uh, I think I totally pronounced it incorrectly again, but you know what? Whatever. So I'm using this product. And the great thing is I've walked through my fear of putting oils on my face. And I'm seeing all these women with like the amazing skin. And like, I think Whitney Cummings has such incredible skin. And I would see on her Insta stories that she'd be, you know, putting oil on her face all the time. And I was like, well, I guess my skin will never be as luminous as Whitney Cummings skin. Cause I'm fucking terrified of, of putting oil on my body. Cause I used to have acne and I would break out and I went on Accutane and all this stuff. Anyway. Um, and then I just thought, fuck it. I don't want to be afraid anymore. I want to try these products. They've, they've, you know, People swear by Lao Botanicals, and it's this new amazing company. It's this Hawaiian organic skincare line formulated by a holistic esthetician. And they're really great because not only are they like, is it a lovely natural product, but they do good for the world. They give a percentage uh, of every product that they sell. They give a percentage to... Oh my God, I'm going to botch this name again. Lima Huli Garden and National Tropical Botanical Garden. So every time you buy anything from La Botanicals, uh, a gift, a percentage is given to a, a tropical garden fund that can help them find, conserve, research, grow more critically endangered tropical plants. So that's a wonderful thing. So your, your skin's going to be luminous, you fucking narcissist monster. I'm talking to myself. And, uh, and you're like helping the world or whatever. So that doesn't feel bad. Anyway, so that's one of the sponsors for today's episode. And uh, listen, if you want luminous skin too, I'm just telling you. I slapped all this fucking oil on my face. I'm in the bath, lubing up, and, uh, and nothing bad happened. Only good things have happened. My skin's gotten better. It's moisturized. It's crazy. Because I, anyway, I'm going on forever. Here's the deal. If you want to check out these products yourself, go to laobotanicals.com. Follow them on Instagram at laobotanicals. And if you fall in love with any of the products and want to get into, you know, what I got myself into and uh, have exciting, nubile young skin at whatever age, uh, you can use the discount code LOVEALEXI and you'll get fucking 15% off. So that's exciting. Anyway, good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. Send me photos of your face. I'm not kidding. Like, it's crazy. My skin's like plumping up. My laugh lines have been dissipating. I'm not even bullshitting. It's impossible. I'm a horrible actress. I'm not even kidding. Okay. This episode is also brought to you by a company that my boyfriend is very thankful for. We are both thankful for because I have a very 
bad problem with low blood sugar. Uh, if my low, if my blood sugar dips, if I don't eat and sustain the levels of my blood sugar, I am a fucking raging monster. It's terrifying. I actually think relationships I've been in have ended because of my blood sugar levels dipping and me not having a snack. So here's what I've been eating to not be a fucking bitch. Okay. I've been eating this trail mix. Okay. And the company is called Lakeside Maple. And here's the info on them because this stuff tastes good and it keeps you perked up, living your life. It's healthy stuff. Anyway, let me get to the, let me get to the goddamn point. Lakeside Maple specializes in trail mix baked with pure maple syrup. Ever heard of pure maple syrup? Yeah, it's delicious. It's fantastic. All right. They've got three different flavors. They've got original. They've got ginger chai. And they've got spicy. So yeah, you're living your life. You're on the go, as we all are, walking around the world, jumping in a Lyft or an Uber, texting, 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 forgetting to eat, what have you. And you can fucking, you know, munch on this trail mix on Lakeside Maple trail mix. You can fucking, I'm sorry to be cursing so much. I'm better than that. And so are you. Coughing, cursing. The worst seas. Anyway, you can throw some into your yogurt. You can put some in your salad. You can just eat it as it is. They also make a trail mix butter, which is a combination of almonds and sunflower seeds baked with pure maple syrup and fresh ground just into butter. It's delish. Anyway, it's all made by hand, small batches, naturally gluten-free and vegan. All right? God, with my facial products and what I'm putting in my body... Uh, I, might, I might look like Angelina Jolie next week. I'm excited. Anyway, if you want to check out Lakeside Maple Trail Mix, uh, go to their website, lakesidemaple.com. Use the code Alexi at checkout and you'll get 15% off. Let me know how that goes. Uh, you will not regret it. Also, I want to say, if you want to advertise on this podcast, uh, DM me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. And uh, either way, we should be friends on Instagram because I'm obsessed with Instagram. Even though I just got hacked... I fuck. I got hacked on Instagram and the hacker, I had to change my password. I got alerted to it. They unfollowed everyone I follow, which terrified me, not because like I can't refollow people and it could have been way worse, but because I was afraid people would be mad at me for unfollowing following them and then they would unfollow me and it would just be this horrible cycle of Instagram grief. So anyway, uh, let's be friends on Instagram. I wrote to Instagram, they're going to solve the problem, but it's kind of nice to not follow anybody for a second because I'm not getting sucked into stories and I'm DMing with my friends and strangers just as much as usual because I love DMing with strangers and, you know, communicating via Instagram DMs and, uh, yeah, so find me on there and, uh, also do you like candles? I do. I'm burning one right now as I record this intro. Uh, I'm obsessed with Rookski candles if you want to uh, buy yourself a fancy highbrow candle that makes you feel like uh, you're, you know, just living your best life and uh, really, really nailing life, uh, go to Rookski Candles. Actually, no. Go to rookski.com. That's R-U-K-S-K-E.com. Use the code LOVELEXI for 10% off your purchase. Um, yeah. If you, if you do all these things that I'm telling you, we'll be living the exact same life which I'm kind of excited about because I'm an only child and, uh, you know, this is my way of having uh, doppelganger siblings and friends all over wherever you are listening to this show. 
Oh, man. Uh, If you're in Los Angeles on June 15th, I invite you to come to a gathering I'm throwing called Girls' Night In. Uh, It's on June 15th, 7 to 10 p.m. in Los Angeles. Girls' Night In is is a night for women only, women, girls, gals, ladies. Uh, You know, if you're new to Los Angeles, you're looking to make new friends, or you just want to share whatever it is you're going through in a a safe space, a sharing circle of understanding like-minded women, all the information is on my Instagram page. Uh, and if you want to secure your spot for June 15th, there are 20 spots in total available. All you have to do is Venmo $25 to at Alexi Wasser, include your telephone number and your Instagram handle. Set that to private because I don't want people to find out what your number is. It's nobody's business, but mine. And uh, yeah. And if you can't make that in Los Angeles on June 15th, and uh, if you're a man or a woman or you know whatever you identify as, and you want to have a one-on-one uh, big sister session with me, I offer this service called, uh, it's called Big Sister Sessions, where I serve via Skype. I serve as the big sister you always wanted but never had, where uh, you know it's like I'm your, I'm your therapist, big sis. And uh, you can tell me everything and anything you're going through, and I leave you with great advice, action steps and tools to get over and help you through whatever it is you're going through, whether it's family stuff, body dysmorphia, just depression, love, dating, sex, relationships, career stuff, whatever it is, you can talk to me. Anyway, click the link in my Instagram bio. It all comes back to Instagram at Alexi Wasser. And uh, I mean, I have more to say, but this is a long episode and I want you to hear Every single thing right until the last minute, up until that last moment of this conversation with Ryan O'Connell, because he's so hilarious. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a joy. And uh, he makes a joke at the tail end. And I'm like, I can't believe that. So we go out on a high note. And I don't want you to miss it because you're exhausted by this intro of ads and stuff. Uh, I'm going to Palm Springs next week. I'm excited about it because the weather is very gloomy in Los Angeles. Um, I'll tell you more about that next week. I took a perfume making class. I want to tell you about that. The perfume I made uh, could be called Almost Good, but even that's too generous a way to describe it. And I'm going to be uh, hosting a show tomorrow night, May 25th, at a place called Gold Diggers uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Bands are playing, and I've been asked, asked to be the master of ceremonies. So... That's exciting. Uh, if you're in Los Angeles, go to Gold Diggers tomorrow night, Saturday, May 25th. Uh, you know, there you go. Eh, what else can I tell you? I think you've heard enough. Anyway, please enjoy my conversation with the star and creator of the best show on television right now or digital streaming platforms, wherever, you know, on Netflix. The star and creator of Special, my new favorite show. Ryan O'Connell. Hello. Hi. Is it you? Oh, this is so great. Oh. Hi, honey. Oh, oh my God, you're so handsome and tall. Oh, thank nice you. I tried. Oh, my God. Come over here. By the way, we have met before, FYI. I, we have. Oh, by the way, I'm recording. Not to ruin your life. So don't, I'm just, I, just Wait, started, I just started recording already. Oh, so. yeah. Chic. I love so, that. Okay, good. Get <laughs> over here. Love. Just like no loop. Just no, get right no, into no. it. I fucking love it. Crazy. Um, no, it's fine. We met. No, I'm fine. You're fine. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm good, honey. I've been doing press for like two months straight. I'm like a seasoned uh, fucking pro. Oh my god. I'm like just out of water at this point. Really? Are you cozy? Yeah, I'm cozy. Okay, that's one of my favorite words, and I love that you say honey because oh, yeah. it makes me feel like. 
safe. It makes me feel safe. <laughs> unsafe. It, it makes me feel safe. It makes me feel like I'm living in like unzipped, like Isaac Mizrahi's documentary yeah. or Sandra mm-hmm. Bernhardt or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can't do it. I just can't say it because it doesn't sound. It's like it doesn't I, sound natural. If I fight with my boyfriend, I'll be like, "Darling," oh, but even then, that's harsh. Or I'll be like, "Honey," or "Sweetheart," but yeah. even then, it sounds like I'm like, "Oh, you're yeah. just looking for an excuse to it's say it." It's all this. about just like you know leaning into it. And really? It. Yeah. When did we meet? When did we meet? Okay, so we met at Jim Hansen's part, one of Jim Hansen's parties. You were with Cena Grace, who's a dear friend of mine. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, God. And we, like, talked for a little bit, yeah. Oh, my God. I but also, see. I'm going to really blow your mind right now. Oh, no. Is it I've bad? also been... No, it's not. Okay. So, I also was on your fucking podcast, Boy, I'm Boy Crazy, but I called in from New York, because I used to have this Twitter account called Being Gay is Gay. And I literally like called in one night and like we gave advice to listeners. Do you remember that? That was like in 2011. Oh, what's wrong with me? Is the Zoloft just <sighs> fucking my Maybe, brain? Honey. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like who knows? Wait a minute. That's between you and your pharmacist, pharmacist, honey. <laughs> God, you fumbled that. Anyway, okay. <laughs> you had an account called Being Gay is Gay. Yeah, on Twitter, and you liked it. You followed me, and you were like, come on my podcast and like answer questions. And I was in New York, and you're like, well, call in, and I did. Oh, my God. And, yeah. You know what my problem is? Well, what? I've got a lot. I've got a bunch. But uh, yeah. sometimes I'm just like, oh, the avatar is tiny. I don't know what's going on. Well, duh. And it was, like, it was like a fake Twitter account, and it was 4,000 years did ago. Did I know your full name probably I don't know. I or was don't I just know. like oh we're communicating it seriously the, doesn't matter it matters I'm also, no, listen I'm going to tell you right now I don't remember anyone seriously you don't and I don't remember faces so people think I'm a fucking asshole because oh, me too. I don't remember anyone and they're like hmm, we've met they always say like we've met yeah. and I'm like okay now I've just started to like go into default mode of like nice to see you again that's what I do all the time I know I know so I'm actually doing <sighs> the thing it. to you that I hate people do no, to me I love that you're doing but it I just wanted to provide context for your listeners no this is great no I feel wonderful <laughs> I feel great. Yeah. And I did this to somebody at a party that I was like, hey, what's your name? So dumb that I did that. And she was like, well, I was going to say her real name. She's like, it's me, Samantha. Uh, and we actually, we had a whole long, what I can't even say. I don't want to keep the context out, but whatever. And she was like, actually, she was like, my name's Molly. I wrote an article about you for Glamour Magazine. And that's what really oh, happened. And I was like, oh, my I, God. I was like, oh, I know. I just haven't seen you. And then I remembered exactly when I had last seen her. We saw each other at Figaro. It's been a while. Like, yeah, but you know what? Fuck it. Everyone, like, it's not like I'm literally willing people out of my existence, like, out of their existence because I don't like them. Yeah. I just truly have a hard time remembering faces. Yeah. I always have been this way. Um, it takes me a long time. To remember yeah. a person, I've got to like hang out yeah. with them a bunch, and it has to like really. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to see him again. I, I, I just know their name because I knew your blog, and I knew like I just oh knew god. I'm boy crazy. Oh my god! So that's how you know whatever. Um, oh, I have a million questions to ask you. A million crazy things. And by the okay. way, I also got so drunk at that party at Jim's house. That was the first time I ever went to Jim's house. Oh yeah, it's magical. Isn't it, it is magical. It's and a I, magical place. It is, and I've been there since. And he had something. I don't know what it was for. And Casey Jane Ellis was there. Love Casey. Why isn't she on your show? I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, on my TV show? Yeah, oh, my God. I just think she's <laughs> oh a star. God. I know. What a horrible question. Love. This is going to be like Casey's nothing. like, yeah, Ryan. Why wasn't I on your show? Like, her funny Char- thing. Her and Charles Rogers are coming on my show next week. Oh, fantastic. To promote their yeah, podcast. Yeah, love. Charles is a delight. I, I love him. I haven't heard their new podcast, though, or their podcast. It's oh, just, I've heard it. It's really good. What do they do on yeah. it? And then we'll talk about you. Well, it's just, it's a, t- it's it's like, a typical advice kind of podcast, but they're just like... Like very unique and special people so and very like, funny. It's like Boy Crazy Radio to this ripping me off. Yeah, just kidding. Oh my god, well, honey, a, a, an advice podcast. You're like, Fuck honey, you. I, join, join the group. Ever heard of Loveline? 
boat yeah. you're just, oh, on. just went on that line, yeah. how is that what's not Ricky? I've been doing my podcast where I just did throw, throw, I just came from doing throwing shade which was really fun um, love line was amazing because like the doctor there is hot and like oh, really? a daddy wait no more Dr. Drew no it's like this new hot gay guy named Dr. Chris Donahue and you know how you meet someone and you just know that they've never been teased in their entire life yeah. you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. they've just been very like hashtag blessed or living in a bubble yeah I hate so I live for that though because I live to troll so I immediately like knew I was going to troll him to smithereens and I did and he took it he took it like a champ he I loved did it. Yeah, who are yeah. these people just who are not broken well, they are broken. They're just broken in different flavors, you know, different shapes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hope so, yeah. Everyone is, trust me. If you have a podcast, chances are you're broken. <laughs> I guess everybody is broken then. Yeah. yeah. Los yeah. Wait, what do we talk about at Jim... Oh, wait, this is what I was going to tell you. Okay, so Jim Hansen's house. Yeah. My phone? Yeah. Oh, my God, rookie podcast. Oh, my God, no worries, I honey. I can't believe it. No, I'm, t- I'm shaving Safe myself. Space. Safe space. Is it? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, went to Jim Hansen's house uh, yeah. the other day. And they were all playing this game. I think Augie was there. I totally love. forgot to mention that in my original yeah, email. Yeah, I love Augie. And he's got a question for you. And I also texted uh, Jordan Firstman for questions for you. You texted Jordan Firstman? Okay, I'm Dangerous. Triggered. Dangerous. Yeah, I'm oh, triggered. Wow. Jordan, listen oh. to that response. That's not the first time somebody's responded. Yeah, I mean, honey, that's Herbie fully loaded. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, long story longer, <laughs> went to Jim's house, and all of a sudden, it's like, uh, it's just a game that, it, that, that everybody's going to play, and it's going to be like freestyle karaoke, where somebody else picks the song, and then you perform, and then... And then you have to perform and make up the lyrics to whatever That's, instrumental. I'm already, I'm already asleep. I'm already like too complicated. I don't like that. I don't like that. See, people in LA are too fucking performative. And they want any chance to get a mic and be like, anyways, do 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 do. And I'm, I'm like, honey. Not, we're on a podcast. We have, we're both holding honey, mics. Like when, when she's offline, she's offline, honey. Like when she's off, she's off. Give her the space she needs. You know what I mean? Well, I'm walking into like the lion's den because everybody there is like, this is normal. This oh, is yeah. what we do. That's, well, and, hello. Remember, did you go to uh, Jordan and um, Charles's birthday? Oh, wait, whose birthday was it? Jordan's birthday, where they they did a play. Remember oh, at yeah. Lyric Hyperion? Oh my god, yeah, that was a big yeah. turn. That was really fun. I think I did get on. I got on stage. That was really for fun, that. but a very classic LA move. Like we did a play. You have to come watch it. Like you know classic what? Los Angeles. I wonder if it is the Zoloft because if I get these, because I even forgot about that. Where it's like, why well, should honey, I be surprised? I think everyone blacked out that night. <laughs> I mean, probably. I, know I, I went to Brownout territory. <laughs> did you? What were you drinking? Who knows? I mean, I I just remember drinking a lot that night. Yeah. Did you get up on stage? No. God, no. Like, look, look, I'm I'm a performative bitch too, but like, I just find those like kind of like group events like intense. Do you know what I mean? Well, plus everybody's so talented and then it's like, I'm so shy. I know, And it just, it's overwhelming to me, honey. It is. Well, so I'm in this zone of all the people and then they're like, no, we're doing this. Okay, Lexi, you're next. And I get up and I was just like... And so people were amazing. It was like Jeffrey Self was incredible. Right, like, right. you know, blah, blah. And I get up, I'm like, <sighs> I was like literally shaking. I didn't take like a, whatever, a beta blocker or anything. I didn't have enough time. I didn't drink enough. I tried to right. down a drink before. Right. It was just like completely terrifying. And, uh, I'm so glad we didn't have to do that the first time I ever went to Jim's house, which is no, it was you. a daytime lol, daytime low affair. key moment of whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was what, great. What do we talk about? I don't remember. You it don't was with Cena because I've known Cena for years. Yeah, and um, we were just like lolling, and then I left. Why doesn't Cena? How do you know Cena? Cena and I know each other through a mutual friend of ours, Becky. They went to college together, so I've I met Cena when I was like. 
20 years old. Yeah. A little baby. And now you're 22. And I think we've just been like very supportive of each other's work. Like he's fucking killing it. Yeah. Like comic book, like land. Hello. He's got to be back on the I, show. Oh, he is? No, he's oh. got, I want him to be back. We're, oh, we're friends. fantastic. We're friends on the pattern. Are you, oh. are, are you reading the pattern? Well, wait, what's that? Pattern is like astrology on steroids. Wait, what is that? What are you talking about? It's like a new app. It's called oh. the pattern. You put in all your information, but no, no. A it's, new astrology app? It's, night, night. No. It's so good. It's better. It's better than Susan Miller. Really? Susan Miller sucks. What uh, side are you? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, love. What are you? Virgo. I don't know what that means. Really? I, it means we're type A and we get shit done. Really? Yeah, we're control freaks. We I put am the troll in control. I am such a control freak. Yeah. It's huge. not good. Yeah. Huge, how do you huge, deal huge. with it in your relationship? Because you've been in a relationship for how many years? Four and a half years. Four and a um, half years. <clears throat> we, I Could just, you not cough right into the mic, please? I know. <laughs> I know I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, love getting school. Actually, I kind of like it. Love. I'm going to frame it. Okay, anyway. Um, so <laughs> basically, um, I don't know. We like Jonathan and I, that's my boyfriend. We're just um He's a writer? He's a writer as well and he's just very communicative. They I don't know. It's like very healthy. I like don't even know what to say. Like there's nothing interesting to say cuz we've just been very stable for a long time. It's always been stable. I like to think of my brain as like an unsafe neighborhood to walk around at night and like for some reason that area of my brain, the Jonathan part has been gentrified and has like a intelligentsia in it and is like safe and lovely. Wow. And that's it. And you, you know what I mean? You met it at at a Grimes concert? No. I did some oh my research. God. I, 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 no, I, like, I know. That is so embarrassing. Okay, so no, I did not meet him at Grimes' birthday party. We actually got into a fight at Grimes' birthday party, but we did not. So I met him on Twitter, LOL. He was voted one of the most eligible bachelors by Refiner29 living in New York. I thought his answers were funny, and I added him on Twitter. I remember it was like my birthday, and I was like, at the Sunset Tower, LOL, swimming. Oh, as wow. Does, you know. That sounds great. Yeah, I used cheap, to go take right? myself out to tea there by myself just oh. to be like, I deserve this and I'm, I'm allowed to be here. It's very chic. Yeah, it's very, very chic. chic. Keep going. So basically I added him and he added me back and was like, hey, we should hang out. I was like, sorry, babe, I live in LA. I was like really into dying alone at this point. <gasps> and he was like, actually, I'm moving to LA next week. And I was like, <gasps> and then he moved to LA and we were fronds for about like four months because we were both dating other people. Um, and then we both broke up with our partners and then, um, I kissed him New Year's day actually. Oh my and God. we've been together. Well, so then we broke up a month later cause of my intimacy issues. I'm like, I was crazy. So I probably still am, but, um, again, unsafe neighborhood to walk around at night. Same. Um, but I, so I broke up with him and then like, I realized what a big mistake I made and I basically came begging him for forgiveness and like wanting him to like take me back and we got one of those fights that we had about that was at Grimes' birthday party which I don't know Grimes at all it was like a friend of a friend this sounds great was Solange was DJing Solange was oh, DJing yeah, well, was off, he... her, off, her, off her iPhone it was a house party oh my like, god and I like went up to Solange I was like do you know do you play Cocteau Twins because I love Cocteau Twins and she was like I fucking love the Cocteau Twins and I was like chic and <laughs> And God. then she played like Beyonce for a while, which I thought was a move. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, okay, so but what was the fight about? And, we, and also was Grimes dating Elon Musk? No, Grimes. This, this is pre Elon pre- Musk. Also, 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 Damn it. also I uh, was wearing a Sky Ferreira shirt and um, someone told me to take it off because Sky was there. Lol. Oh! So I think I wore my Sky Ferrer shirt inside out or someone gave me a sweater. I don't know. I didn't see Sky that night. That's fine. I don't think anyone's seen Sky for a long time. What was the fight about? I know. Where is Sky Ferrer? I don't know. Ferreira? Frank. I feel yeah, like she's... I love she, her. She's my queen, but she's probably like kind of... I don't know where she is. I just feel like she never... 
hit or something. I like it almost, like, almost, and then yeah. the heroin addict boyfriend. And the, I know. I, I don't know she what she's probably is going through stuff all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean, one of those people, she's going through things all the time. I'm like, yeah, one of those people. Yeah, one of those people. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. What was the fight about? I can't remember. It was more, it was, I think it was really at that point, I was like, I want to be with you. I'm so sorry. And he was kind of being like cagey. Yeah. Um, at the party? At the party. But oh, you weren't together. You were just there together. You ran into well, each other. Like we were, okay, so I broke up with him, but we were still friends, quote unquote. And then I realized I made a huge mistake. So we'd like meet up and then it would eventually like dissolve into me being like, I'm sorry, I made a giant mistake. Take me back. And yeah. he'd be like, I don't think so. And then finally, I think I broke him down, not at Grimes's birthday party, but another night we went to like the Ace Hotel and like we, I just got really drunk with him and I was just like... I just said, oh no, we went to go see that porn festival hump downtown, the Dan Savage one. I don't, I don't which know. Which is really dark because we had just broken up and literally we were watching porn together. It was yeah. just weird. I tried Not the to, move. I tried to go to Jumbo's with my boyfriend because his friends from out of town wanted to go. And that was just for a really crazy, jealous girl who's like always on the brink. That's me. Like <gasps> to go to Jumbo's with a boyfriend. You were triggered? I, at first I was like, this is amazing. Sit up front with me. It's amazing. And then all of a sudden I'm like drinking in the bathroom, talking to the dancers, being like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. Should I be, feel really disrespected and get out of my boyfriend and the dancers were like don't be a drag honey oh my god oh, I said honey love see but, this is honey is very meaningful for you well it is yeah, now I'm just is. trying to there, you're saying a lot of things that I'm like could I get away with that or you're like friends friends Franz Franz <laughs> I'm so embarrassed you're like, for can me I right pull now this off? you're like no I mean you can do whatever <laughs> what I love it laughing at me um but yeah, so seeing porn with my with a yeah, boyfriend, I'd be like... Yeah, it was not the move. It was a very odd like ugh. foray into friendship after breaking up. Um, but I think I broke him down that night. I think I was like, please, please take me back. And then I think he eventually relented. So it was a journey, though. Are you monogamous? We're open-ish. Like, we are... So I'm like always... I From the jump, when we first started dating, I was like, I don't think I can be monogamous. Like, that's not really my journey. Yeah. Um, because I didn't fuck anyone in my 20s, and I was just beginning to like enter feeling yourself land, and like I was just beginning to get attention from boys after like never getting attention from them. So I really needed to sow my wild oats. Yeah. It's always funny. Like you always find someone when you're like like least. I wasn't looking for it. I was truly just dating up a storm. Yeah. And loving that because well, I never did that. How are you dating? Are you on like apps? no, just fronds, just, just through fronds, fronds. You know, like through just being gay, honey. When you are a new homosexual in Los Angeles, yeah, the world opens up to you. Oh like, my let God. me tell you, because everyone's like everyone's so sick of seeing the same person over and over again. So when you're like fresh meat, they're like, hey girl, hey. Where do you go? Well, uh, whack bar. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the name of that other place? I went there with Cena for his birthday. I bet you did. That what was the bar? Like a very Cena move. No, not Akbar. It was a different place where it's like a leather bar. Is it kind oh, of like, the Eagle? The Eagle. I, I don't loved know. you at the Eagle. I can I, just imagine. I'm like, hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, you're like, it's me. Hey, I have yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Well, someone's like jizzing in your face. You're like, please don't. You're jizzing like, in my drink. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That was actually right after the gym party when I first met you probably because I was obsessing about this guy. Oh. Non, it was just, I was just, oh my God, I think I was like trying to come up with ways to text him like, hey, just yeah. any, at, at the, at the Boy bar. Boy crazy indeed. Boy crazy indeed. Okay. Wow. So you're new, you're fresh meat on the market. You're yeah. living your life. So I was like living, laughing and fucking. Well, not really, mm-hmm. but just like whatever. And then we started dating and I was just like, yeah, like I need to like live my truth. And I just hope that I can live my truth like while still being with you. And he was totally DTF. We had very different journeys. Like he spent his twenties in New York, like 
being a hoe, which is great. Yeah. And I think he kind of got out of his system and was really down to like be like a monog kind of person. Yeah. And so, but I, I would say I would liken our openness to this. Like, you know, when you travel with Xanax, like I travel with Xanax all the time. I don't, really ever take it because knowing that it's there is like enough for me. Yes. So I think that when you have communication lines open and you know that there is a possibility if you really want to fook someone you could. Yeah. I just think knowing that the option is there mostly removes the urge to, to actually do it. God, I need to be such a cooler person in so many facets of my life. Well, just street like, people are fucked. I mean, like, I just think that, like, you guys are really saddled with monogamy and heteronormativity, and it's a bummer, but, like, God bless. You've been doing it for a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> well, now I'd like to at least think that me asking you, are you monogamous and your relationship isn't just for, like, gay men? You know what yeah. I mean? It's for, because I could ask, like, a heterosexual couple or whatever. I think or people man, are starting to examine cause monogamy. Because I also think it's fucked up when you, I don't know, because then I would get, people get mad at me and they'd be like, are what? you I am. Oh yeah. Well, I'm and just. You, you, yeah. Is that not an option for you? It's not an option. I don't think it's an. It's not an option for my boyfriend either. Have you guys talked about it? Oh uh, yeah. We both have. Ta- I'm like, oh, you know, because it's all in the in the ether and the zeitgeist of talking about all these things. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's like a traditional British male. That's you know? hot. So he's oh British. God, he's so handsome. Love that for you. He is so handsome. Here's a here's a Polaroid picture. I love it. I'm sure. Ooh, a Polaroid. How cute oh, is he's he? Hot. And he's six four. Where'd you find him? On Tinder. Twist. I can't believe it. Success story. It. I think Good my, for you. My first and only Tinder date ever. How long have you guys been dating for? A little over a year. Like a oh, year. Oh, chic. A year and three and a half months. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I love that for you. Yeah, I love it. You him. guys don't live together yet? We don't live together, but that's the question that everybody asks us. Uh-huh. So. We waited two years. You waited two years. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a little bit confused about that because here's the weird thing, and then we will start this podcast. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I love where I live. Uh, I know. Be- by the way, I live around the corner from you. You do? Yeah, I live on... Oh, wait. I don't want to say, say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. But I live like around the corner. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you yeah. live in this neighborhood. And okay. this like, beautiful 1920s Spanish style, like rear window kind of place. I love it. And so yeah. I pay... Oh my, am I going to say that? Maybe I'll bleep it, but whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I pay it. like a little under 1500 no. for my place. A big one bedroom, Stop one it. bathroom, bathtub, big Wait. kitchen, washer and dryer in the unit, no dishwasher, Wait, hardwood what? floors, parking included. I don't have a car. Well, actually, I, I pay 2000 for mine, and it's like two stories. It's small, but it's like dreamy. It's yeah. Dark. And that's considered cheap. You're, you're, is this rent control? This is rent control. I've been here for like eight years. Shut up. Love it. And then also, so but he just moved into a place a year ago. Maybe. Not even a year ago. I, I was with him when he found it, and I was like, it's a beautiful place. He lives in Los Feliz. Oh, she. He spends like probably like twenty five hundred dollars oh, a month. It. No, it's suicidal. So I, I so I don't want to move in with him because no. I pay so little. I've got such a great deal. Yeah. And it's just a one bedroom, one bathroom in his place. I'm really giving you every detail of this. No, story. I love it. I'm honey. I'm horny so, for real estate. I like jerk off to Redfin every night. I, I'm yeah. in Dubai, babe. I'm well, like you should be. Well, yeah. if, if if everything works out okay, then Dear hopefully Lord, I'll be in a position to. Please, season two. Please, like, I know. Season two. I know. And I have I so know. many questions about the show and a million other things too. But I'm going to wrap up this. No, uh, no, please. This real estate. Well, for, well that's I why real estate. Well, that's, well, that's why it's such a confusing thing. Is it's people like people are like, oh, are you going to live together? And it's like. We're open to living together. We have right. talked about it. Can I take my shoes oh, off? God, please do. Oh my god! When I said get cozy, I meant I meant get cozy. Yeah, mm-hmm. please. Um, oh my god, shoelaces. What? Oh, I know, but. Here, I'll tell you a secret about that. All right, well, tell me later. So, I'm trying to talk about my... Oh, sorry. You're <laughs> like, anyways, back That's to my real me. estate, back to my rent control, LOL. You're like, the readers must know, or the listeners, or whatever, LOL. Oh, God. 
They're like, don't worry, stay tuned. I hope there's an ad between that. You're like, so my 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 boyfriend lives in Los Feliz and he pays. After you know, and then it's like, stay tuned after this message of, of you know Casper mattresses or whatever the fuck, whatever <laughs> ad sponsors you have. Oh my god. I, I didn't know I was looking for a co-host for my podcast, but I think oh, I just found oh, him. Oh, if, he can, if he can work it in. Oh. Wow, I've never felt happier or cozier or more interested <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Whoa. Okay. Anyway, long story even longer. So he is like a two-year lease. Okay. He, I don't want to move into his place because, like, I have all this room for myself. He yeah. should move it here. We could split it. Eight hundred dollars. Oh my each. god! You would. Oh, but stop it! But he's not it. gonna. He's not. Why? Gonna, why should he move in here? Because he just moved into his place a year ago, and there's not enough room for him here anyway. We'd have to go get another place. So I'm just gonna wait for his lease to run out, and we'll talk about it when we talk. Yeah, is that I all right? I think that's exactly the only way to go about it. Yeah, and just let it. be I wouldn't easy. give this up. I mean, I even have like trauma, trauma over potentially leaving my apartment now. Like, whatever, whoever gets my apartment, it's gonna be. In the family because yeah. it's so magical. You can't just like sublet, yeah, sublet it to somebody in the family. I can't I have to because I, I just love it you so don't much. Lose it. I'm yeah. a loyal bitch. You're a loyal bitch. It's just a weird thing. God, all this pressure people put on, like, especially I guess in like heteronormative blah blah blah, where it's like, when are you gonna move in? When are you gonna get married? Yeah, but when are you to gonna me, have kids? everyone was like so weird about it. They were like, they're like, well, just when to let you know that you know, when when you he moves in, like it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. And I was like, really? Oh my god. So I was like fully spooked, and then he just moved in and it was literally business as usual and my rent got cut in half and I was like, I love you even more? Question mark. Yeah. Like I was saving a I saved a thousand dollars. Wow. I don't under, I really don't know what's going on. I'm so confused. Well, maybe I'll call and we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just like talk about it and then we'll let you know. Yeah. You yeah. Take All right. Well, later. readers, listeners, stay yeah, tuned. Stay tuned, for you guys. Riveting real estate saga. <laughs> Where will she end up? <laughs> West Hollywood, Los Feliz. Anyways. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, the show. We got to talk about the book. Okay, we got to yeah. talk about. Okay, so okay. all right. So when did all this start happen? And by the way, I just feel like what? I mean, okay, cerebral cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. Yeah. Cerebral palsy. I will call it CP because that's she, what you call it on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Um, when when did you notice the onset of it? Well, you're born with it, and then the for your first couple of years are like kind of TBD because like the doctors don't know like how much function you're going to have because like cases of CP look different on everybody and you can be like it can be very mild and you can live a very independent life like moi or you can have a very severe case which does limit your life and your independence so I think the first couple of years my parents were just like uh, we'll see like stay tuned you know what I mean yeah and then um, growing up it's pretty Growing up, it takes like a pretty big role in your life, I think, because you're you're growing and you need to be in physical therapy and have surgeries. I mean, my childhood was very much like surgery, 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 leg braces, leg braces, leg braces, physical therapy, physical therapy. And then once you go through puberty and you kind of grow, you're sort of just, you plateau. Yeah. So then like, after your teenage years, it's like pretty chill and things stay the same. And when did you know that you were gay? Uh like 11 11 like 12 10 so, yeah yeah like whenever i started masturbating like it all started from like ryan philippine cruel intentions like i saw his ass yeah that ass shot yeah and i was like that is a gorgeous ass and then like i was just drawn to butts TVH. yeah me like, too i really liked butts and i still do my boyfriend has a great butt oh good a that's so important butt. it is so important that's to me so important. you know what it's medium rare though to hear a girl I care love- about a butt because i look at like I look at girls with like straight up boyfriends who have like gorgeous butts and I'm like, that's a waste. It's a waste. 
Like, because they're not going to do anything with it. They're not going to play with it. I want to inside it. I want to bite, bite it. Great. Like, I want. I don't know. But he, he doesn't want me to do anything with it. But like, well, he does, but he hasn't like let himself give him. He hasn't given himself permission to want that yet. Like, well, trust me. Like, because his G spots inside his asshole, his prostate. We can't speak for him. Oh, sorry. But I think we just have. Like, <laughs> wait, I know. Consent. Consent matters. I consent. mean, he will be listening to this, I'm sure, because we both watched the uh, your show together. Oh, cool. We like binge watched it. Oh, she. And uh, so we crazy. Did he love the gay sex scene? He did. I love the gay sex scene. I don't oh, know. Maybe, maybe he fell asleep. Who knows? What I, he yeah. I was riveted. I was like, oh, and Brian. Jordan Alvarez. He's a wizard master and such a kooky, wonderful, like crazy. He's amazing. Do you know him IRL? I have texted with him. Oh. I've meant, I know. I've meant to have him. Him on the show, and I love his. Uh, then you got too wrapped in your, in your real estate saga. It's you really get me. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened. He he went MIA. I don't oh. know where he went, but I'll find him. Yeah, again. Brian's a unicorn. He's a very special guy. I wrote the part for him because I just knew that <sighs> he's he so great. Was a very generous. He's a very generous, like non-judgmental spirit. So shooting this scene with him, which. Initially was terrifying. And this he was, was for the listeners. This is uh, Brian plays a the sex worker, a sex worker. I lose my virginity, and you too. lose your virginity to him. Oh, I love his uh, called the web series with Freckle, yeah. with Freckle. Gay and Wonders Love of Caleb Gallo. Yeah, it's incredible. I wrote for Will and Grace in the first week that I was on staff there. I showed them um, Gay and Wonders Love of Caleb Gallo because I was just like, you guys need to see this. This is like being gay in 2018 or whatever year it was. 17. What did they think? They loved it. Love they lo- I mean, he's on Will and Grace now. Brian is? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he is. He plays Jack's husband. Oh my God, I'm not watching enough television. It's I thought, okay. And I thought I was. It's okay. I watch it's, all the Real Housewives. Network TV is hard. Do you watch all the Bravo shows or no? Yeah, of course. I, well, I do Real Houses of New York, Real Houses of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Orange County, and then I dumpster dive with Southern Charm, Below Deck. Oh, I do Real Houses of Dallas. Fuck me, man. I'm I'm bad. No I'm Vanderpump. Bad. Oh God, yeah, that Hello. goes without saying. Yeah, okay, good. That's well, the crown jewel. I heard they're gonna start. Uh, well, this is my theory. Well, they all own houses now, which makes me suicidal. I can't believe you just said that because I was just saying that. Wait, were you on a Bravo show the other day? Yeah. Were you on um, a Bravo? I was on Reality Checked with Amy Phillips. Oh my God. I think I was listening to you oh, and I didn't really? even realize it where it's like, God, I can't. You just never register me, honey. I do. I do. But I tuned in. I was borrowing the boyfriend's car. Radio Andy came on and all of a sudden I just heard two voices. I didn't hear the names. Right. And they were like, yeah, the homeowners. And I was like, exactly. I was like yelling, being like, I can't watch it. And the new Las Vegas people, they're they're gonna they're gonna take over probably, right? Wait, what do you mean? Like the Las Vegas oh, I Vanderpump. Know. But it'll no, be but them. no, they'll they, look. No matter what, whether they're living in some dark shithole with vertical blinds in West Hollywood with like fucking carpet, or living doing, in living in Studio City. What yeah. do you mean? Your I'm doing I'm doing better than Vanderpump, your apartment's right? gorgeous. Okay, yeah. just making your sure. Apartment's gorgeous. Like, I would not say that. Listen, my <laughs> first apartment in LA was very much a Vanderpump Rules apartment, and I need to accept that yeah. and like own it and embrace it and move on. But like. It like them buying houses triggers me to my very core because, like, I've been doing pretty well. Like, I've been working steadily for like six years, and like the concept of owning a home, it's just like it's the elusive chanteuse. Like, literally, I'm just like, how the elusive chanteuse? You know I mean? My God, what a beautiful saying! <laughs> it's God, you're the just title of a Mariah Carey album. Unbel- is it really? Yes, I love that you don't get my references. I just thought you were coming up with you know no <laughs> phrases left and right. No. I, don't, I don't not get your references. That one I didn't. No, but it's 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 just so crazy. So like the fact that Kristen 
fucking doty. Oh, I can't stand is, her. I know she. Well, she's like she, I think she has like borderline personality disorder. She's yeah. she's, t- she's there's something not right. But um, the fact that she just owns a house in Studio City is like mind blowing. Yeah. Also, how do they make all their money? Because I don't think they make a lot of money from actually shooting Vanderpump. Really? I think it's probably from like endorsements. Are they doing ads? Because they have so many followers on Instagram. They have so many ads. Which, by the way, this sounds incredibly dark, but like I want to do that. Me too. Because I'm occupying this weird space where like I don't have any money, but like you don't. Not really. I mean, I did. Like, I mean, I didn't make much money from special at all. You didn't. No. Let's get into that. And what about I want? I want to know about the fifth. We are all over the place, but you know what? Sorry. What a what a fun romp. That's what (laughs) I I think this is. Okay. Anyway, back to Los Feliz and West Hollywood. All right. (laughs) How dare you? Back to what the... Back to what the listeners really care about. I'm sorry. Oh, my I'll God. Be, I'll be latching on to this forever. I'm sorry. I can't stop. Oh, my God. Once you start me, I can't stop. It's it, a disease. My boyfriend's going to be here at 630. I was like, oh, we'll be done, and, and we will be done. Yeah. But at the same time, if for whatever reason we do go over, it'll be really funny for him to walk in, and, and we're still recording. I'm like, so what are we going to do about this living situation? I know. Are I'll be like, know? honey, I'll be like, let's get him on the pod. Let's I mean, get him. But, but there is no pressure, though. I just wanted... It's like... Are you, aren't you supposed to talk about these things? I'm so confused. Yeah, it's such you are supposed asshole. to talk to them. Yeah, it's we're exhausted. It's just hard being in a relationship. I understand. I don't want to be like a woman who's needy. It's hard, but it's like not that hard. I don't know. To me, I lucked out. I really hit the relationship lottery. Like Jonathan is a no muss, no fuss, just add water kind of girl. And I just am very lucky. Like even like he, he flew with me while I was doing press and all that stuff. And I just was so grateful because he's just such a calming force and such a good energy. And he was like, I'm not used to doing the press stuff. Like this has been a real journey for me. You seem pretty great. And you refer to yourself as just Edwater as far as press is concerned. That's true. Because I, you're, I am. you are now, well, now very I comfortable. Am, you're a like, pro. It was now I am, but it was really hard. Cause I was, I mean, this is like the least relatable thing ever. Like, please kill me. Exclusive. But <laughs> like, it's just like, but it was really intense. It's this idea of being on all the time. And like, and having your life scheduled for you in this way that I'm not used to. So I was like kind of melting down sometimes. And Jonathan was just like so present and so there and just like, I don't know. He just was so fucking amazing during the whole thing. I do want to just say in case he's listening, I have also hit the relationship lotto. I'm a lot to handle. I can be a nightmare, but also I'm wonderful. But, uh, and he's so great. I just don't know how to navigate all these things. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's like, oh God. And when everybody asks, oh, you've been together how long? Are you living together? It puts this weird pressure. Like, oh, like just do whatever feels right. Like I don't think you should live on anyone else's timeline but your own. We're getting back to you. What? How did you come out? Of the claws? Yeah. Or um, you were like, hello. The gay, okay, the gay claws. Um I was 17 mm-hmm. and I really liked this boy that went to my school. He was so cute. And I knew he was gay because you just kind of could sense that sort of thing. And I knew that in order to date him, I needed to come out because I wasn't gonna just do like behind the scenes, whatever. So I came out to like everyone I knew in three weeks. It was like a coming out tour. And then the anyone that was left, I decided to throw a party and make it secretive. And so I texted the friends that I hadn't told and was like, come to my house tomorrow for a secret that will change all our lives forever. You know, me, zero chill. And I went, I went to Spencer's gifts and I got like penis pasta and all these gag gifts and like 17. Yeah. Okay. And then I put posters of Morrissey like on the, on my like bedroom, like whatever, like all gay stuff. And I filmed a video, um, where I was slow dancing with my best friend and she tries to kiss me and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do it. And she's like, why not? And I'm like, it's too much. And then finally I just turned to the camera and say, I'm gay bitches. Oh my God. Everyone like freaks out. It was so chic. You only come out once. You know what I mean? Oh my God. 
God. Yeah. I, I don't, but I do, you know? I know. I think you actually can come out more than once. I think it really is a journey for a lot of people. But for me, it was like speed dating, but for coming out. Like, it was just like... Do you have this video still? Oh, my God. It probably was like ruined. I, I don't. It makes me so sad. Oh, my I, God. And by the way, where's your dad? Where's my dad? Yeah, because he's not represented in the TV show. Oh, I know. He's really miffed about that. My dad is currently in Agora Hills with my little brother and my stepmom. And um, I just felt like for the story, I really wanted the codependents to like shine and oh. have you feel like they're living in a fishbowl together. Oh, I love that. Okay. So I just felt like the dad kind of like complicated a little bit and didn't and messed with what I wanted to achieve. So that my dad sense. ended up on the cutting room floor. And uh, we are all over the place. I hope it's still tracking, no, but I'll, okay. I'll save it if it isn't in the intro and I'll, I'll frame everything perfectly. But uh, how did your mom feel about how she's represented in the show? She feels good about it. I think that my mom... Explain to my listeners what that means. Even. Well, so my mom so my mom and I kind of have the central relationship of the show. They're like, we're like the Ross and Rachel. Like, are they going to fuck? Are they going to end up together? Oh, God. Just kidding. Um, but we are the, the central relationship. We are. And we have a very codependent relationship. Uh, I was really interested in examining codependency in a case of necessity. Um, like, they actually really did depend on each other initially because of Ryan's disability. And then, obviously as you grow older the dynamic is kind of set the clay has dried so you kind of have to like figure out what it is that you want and kind of disentangle yourself so that was really appealing to me and I really also want to tell the story of like what it looks like for a gay guy in his late 20s with CP getting his life and what does it look like for a woman in her early 50s like they're going through parallel journeys yeah and I thought that was really interesting and I think it was sort of like wish fulfillment from my own mom because I don't think my mom has ever really examined like what it is that she wants I think she's always put people's needs before her own I think also it's like an easier way to live your life easier in quotes to like just throw all your energy into someone else because I think when you pay attention to yourself you might not like what you see or feel god yeah do you know what I mean that's what I like to do I throw myself in a relationship so I can just not face myself yeah exactly you don't like because it's like if the hood is smoking you're just like, oh, let's focus on your hood. Yeah. It's like, no, no, but your hood's like kind of crazy. And you're like, no, 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 your hood's crazy. Yeah. I'll just focus on that. So my mom, I don't think really in her life has ever examined her own hood. And I think that this was sort of a way for me to explore that. What would it be like if my mom actually asked herself those kinds of questions and went after the life that she wanted? What does it even look like for her? Is she single? No, she has a boyfriend who's very much like a Phil type. He's like a cowboy. Like they live in Eureka, California, which is like Humboldt County. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a cowboy country. Why does she live there? Uh, because she met him down here and he lives like, but he was like vacationing or whatever. And he lives up there. So she moved to Eureka after I graduated high school. Do you like him? Do I like him? Yeah, I do. I do. He's really funny. Yeah. He's really weird. He's almost like if I wrote him how he actually was, I think the execs would be like that. He's too on the nose or he's too, this is too cartoonish. Cause he's like, he literally is like, hi Ron, what you doing today? Like made some moonshine. Like it's like literally insane. He's like yeah. taking bong rips. Like he's just like, hi. And he's from Oxnard. So I don't know where his accent comes from. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> how do you, how does your mom and like, does she get you? It's just really odd for like, for both of them and for your dad and the step, like if the whole family, are they like, Oh my God, look at our son. And I think so. I think, it's but I think well for my mom I don't think that she's able to like really articulate what it feels like to have our relationship reflected back at her I think it's like too much for her to process but I will say that like the reception for the show has been really positive and I think that like that's like mom heroin like all moms want to do is like see their kids succeed oh yeah so I think my mom is just like 
on cloud nine with all like the accolades and like the press that I've been getting. I think she's just so happy for me. Oh, and my dad is the same way. Though. Oh, that's good. But with the sex scenes or the, any of that stuff, is it like... The great thing about having a repressed mom is that we don't talk about that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Well, not really. I mean, like, like she's not going to talk to me about it. Like, she doesn't... My mom operates from a place of, like, small talk always. Sounds very British. Just yeah. Don't talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, like, so she operates from, like, she'll give, like, a TED Talk about, like, you know, like someone who was at the in line at the market and like took two seconds too long in front of her, but she won't examine like having my show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I watched Lady Bird with her, thinking it would kind of like spark a kind of conversation. Yeah. And all she did was turn to me and go, "That swashy Ronin girl is kind of ugly. Does she get prettier in other movies?" I'm not kidding. That's what she said. Oh and my I was God. like, I was like, Mom, like I thought we would like unpack the dynamic between like Laurie Metcalf and like I don't know, like interesting. And she just like can't go there. God, you have so much depth. Oh my God, you, you have so much depth. More so than anybody in your entire family. What? I don't want to throw your whole family under the bus, but uh, I I said, do you have so much more depth than anybody in your entire family where you just think so deeply about everything and you're so funny and you're just like... I mean, I will say (laughs) that... I will say that there's no one like me in my family. Yeah. I, I really do feel my dad is a little bit like me in the sense that he's he's very funny and he's dry, so I feel very connected to him in that way. But and I love my whole family, like don't get it twisted, but we are all very different. And I think that my family all loves me, but I think they're like confused by me a little bit. Now, what does your dad do? He's a social worker or he's retired now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was like, you know, just like working in social work and my mom's a nurse. Oh, your mom's a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I mean, they're great people and like they're loving parents. It's like boring. I know. Right. I know. You're like, anyways, you're like back to Los Feliz. I told you it's two thousand dollars. Look at this runner! And I told you I have fifteen hundred dollars. What am I gonna do? Leave my apartment? I don't think so. Can I talk about this kind of stuff? I love it. <laughs> that was the best impression of me I've ever heard. I love it. Oh my god! Lol. Oh god! So you know what? I can, I can't anyway, say, I back can't. to the Los Feliz Ledger over here. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, which is like a real thing, I think. Um, it's a real thing. But uh, it's I've like never said spotted. <laughs> Lexi Wasser. <laughs> In front of Mexico City, shuttered. Uh, actually, Mexico, Mexico City's been closed. I know, it's shuttered, yeah. Oh, shuttered. Yeah. God damn it! I know, honey. You don't think I, I, I'm up to date, honey. She goes to Little Dom's. I know what's going on in the community. I know what's going on. I saw Spike Jones and uh, having lunch with uh, Russell Brand the other day. Oh, that's good. It's Russell Brand exciting. scares me. Does he? I used to be in love with him. He seems like socio-adjace a little bit. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You just know how psycho his relationship with Katy Perry was. Yeah. Like, it just two psychos psychoing out. Just two psychos. Like, just being full-blown psychos you're together. You're scaring me the way you're looking like, at me. Being like, no, but like... Katie and Russell, like, you know, they just, like, got married. Remember, they like, got married in India. And, you know, they've known each other for, like, two hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've been, they've been together two years. But if you added up all the time they spent together, they probably was, like, two days, maybe. It's not like my therapist. He's like, how long have you really spent with this person? Like, it's a total of two hours. Oh, and I'm it's like, oh, truly, wow. like, psychotic. And yeah. you know that she just, like, wanted a wedding. And it's like, Katie wants a wedding. We're getting a wedding! But and t- then, you know, like, Russell was a full-blown, like, weirdo, disconnected freak. And then ashes to ashes, it all falls down. I did you watch the show you? 
I got into like I watched the first six episodes, and then because truly a victim, I'm a victim of peak TV. Like there's too much, and like I literally just got sidetracked with like a Russian doll. So I still haven't finished it, but I loved it. Okay, I loved it. So I watched you, and I watched that Bravo thing with about the couple, the bad guy who. We met the girl on Tinder. You know that show. Wait, what are you talking about? There's some show on Bravo that came and went. Oh, <laughs> Connie your... Britton was on it. Oh, yeah. Dirty John. Dirty I John. I couldn't access that so emotionally. I, I watched Dirty John and I watched you, but more so with you. I watched these two shows and think, I thought like, wow, like he really loves her. Like, and my boyfriend had to be like, he's psycho. Like yeah, he's a wait, murderer. That's and your I, takeaway, babe? Yeah, and I'm like... I'm Honey. like, wow, because I love like codependence. And I'm like, wow, he's so passionate. And my boyfriend's like, uh, he's horrible. He's a monster. You know what's so weird about codependence is that I've had codependence in friendships. Like that was my steez oh, for a long time. I've had that But too. never in relationships. Like I've never been codependent with my boyfriend. But I, but friendships, fuck yeah. Relationships. Wasn't that like, interesting though? Like wouldn't it be the other, like wouldn't it, yeah. I don't know. I've had it in friendships too, but not so much. Yeah, I won't put Codependent up friendships are They're my horrible. jam. Oh, really? Oh, I'm obsessed with them, but I don't do them anymore it's like quitting a drug oh yeah like i used to do them but i realized like it wasn't good for me and i had to like set boundaries and all that and stuff. you don't have codependent issues in your romantic relationship no it's again i'm telling you unsafe neighborhood and then like pleasantville wow over here. you know what i mean yeah like i'm in pleasantville god i gotta try to track what i was asking about all the things all the important details okay wait 11 years old, you knew you were gay. Yeah, I was knew I was gay, and then I waited until I was 17 to come out, and then I actually did date that guy that I wanted to date. You did? Yeah. How was I that? Did. Super fun. Like, just really dreamy, first love, yeah. like, lost my virginity. You did? How old were you? 17. 17 when you lost your virginity. Yeah. Okay, so the show is... is- it's, oh it's, yeah, it's honey. Very different. I was not. I, this is an exaggerated version of myself. Like I was never that awkward ever. Yeah. Like ever, ever, ever. I always presented pretty much the same. Yeah. But it, I mean, you know, my thoughts were like not chic, but like my outward projection was fine. So, um, eleven years old, you knew you're gay. You came out when you were seventeen. But when did you come out to your parents? Seventeen, also. The same. I really? Mean, like I come from a very gay family, so like it was kind of an NBD. Yeah. Sort of like great. Like, what do you want for dinner? Where were you, you born? Know what I mean? Where were you born and raised? Ventura. Ventura, California. Okay. Do you ever go there? No. I know. Have you been there before? Ventura. What happens there? Nothing. Nothing. It's like, it's kind of like a blue collar beach town. It's kind of, it's very charming in its own way. And I really like growing up there, um, but there's nothing to do. Yeah. But no. daydream, think deep thoughts. Exactly. Come up with the life gay. you want. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was gay there. <laughs> I moved to, um, I moved to San Francisco to go to college. Then I got hit by a car, which actually happened, happens to me in the show. Now we're going into the real story. Yeah, tell, you've the done the, story. the circuit. You know what to tell me now. Okay. 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 Got so hit by a car. I got hit by a car when I was 20. And then I develop, well, this isn't in the show. In the show, I get hit by a car and it's like, whatever, I fracture an elbow. In real life, it was much, much more serious. I developed a thing called compartment syndrome, which is something that truly only happens to professional athletes and me. Um, it's when something hits you at such blunt force that it cuts off the oxygen supply to the muscles. So my like arm was basically dying. Like my hand function was dying. And so I had to have a bunch of surgeries. I had to have a skin graft. I was in the hospital for a month. I had four surgeries in a month. And then I have had two subsequent surgeries the the next two summers after that. Like okay. repairing my hand. Yeah. Which it hand? Was a journey. My left one, which left. was my one that I was dominant in and I was left handed. Yeah. Oh my God. It sucks. Cause like the way that my CP affects me, it affects me more on my right side. So of course the fucking car had to hit me on my oh left my side. Oh my God. Cause life just trolls you like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I moved to New York 
and everyone assumed my limp was from my car accident, and I never corrected them because I never felt comfortable with my disability. Like I, cause I have a mild case and I, I kind of felt like I was always in limbo, like my character, like I didn't fit in with the disabled crowd. I didn't really fit in with the able crowd. So I just <gasps> disabled and able. Yeah. Is that the term that's like, I guess politically correct. You say disabled. I don't know what's politically correct. I just like do my own thing. I, I just don't know. I don't want to ever offend you. So you, you try to ask him any, whatever. But. I think everyone's different. I think like, like people are like, is it okay to say disabled? I'm like, last time I fucking checked. I mean, I'm okay with it. And it's embarrassing to make you the go to like oh, oh hey no. so but who else I mean of course I would fuck I mean but like I think that everyone feels differently I, I think it's fine I think people should stop being so like yeah. walking around in eggshells like I personally hate that just like yeah. talk to me like a normal person and like if you have a question just ask it and I'll answer it well, how did uh, CP manifest like so you I had a limp you had a limp or I have a limp and then um I think like spatial awareness was hard for me it's hard to articulate actually because I think so much of it is, like, all I know. So I don't even know, like, what's normal and what's not normal. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, hard to articulate. I just know the thing that's most visible is that I have a limp. What are things to this day, and tell me if I should just fuck off and tell no, business, please. that's, like, could be difficult for you that I wouldn't so think? So it's funny because, actually, nothing really was, but then... When I got hit by a car, I my left hand got fucked up, and now I can't tie my shoes. That's real. And so that was in I the... I used to be able to. That was in the finale. What I can't handwrite. You can't handwrite? Mm-mm. You can't handwrite? Not since getting hit by a car, no. Uh, what about texting? Was texting... Yeah, I can text. You can text? And Wait. I can sign my name for contracts and stuff. That's like the only time I need it. Wait a minute. So you can't handwrite, but... The texting, do you, ever, do you do voice to text or do you just text I with like text. one thumb? I, can t- I don't like texting because I text slower than the average person. Yeah. So <laughs> I do a lot of dictation. Me too. But I think I, that's pretty normal. I publicly dictate and then I look at people and they're, they're judging me. I but know. I, I love doing I know. it. I know. I know. Me too. It's easier. It. It's easier. Yeah. I don't want to fucking tippy tappa tappa. Like, yeah. I just want to get to the business. Yeah. Me and too. in like the episode or maybe it's the final episode, episode four, like uh, when Augie makes a reference, spoiler alert guys, but you really but should. But you guys should have already seen it. You should have already seen it. How dare you? How dare you? And then I do want to talk about Netflix and all the things, blah, blah, blah. we'll get to it. We'll track it, but really quick before we forget, um, you said so because of the car accident, you can't tie your shoelaces, and then you walked in, you, and that's mentioned in the, you know, a couple episodes of the show. You walked into my apartment wearing shoes with laces. Yeah. What's because, the deal? Because for some reason, I, well, number one, I'm a liar. I'm a fucking fake. I, I don't know you're disabled. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Secrets revealed. No, what? I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Okay, well, tell me the um, secret. No, the secret is, is that I wear these same, the same Nikes every day, and for mm-hmm. by the grace of God, the shoes always remain tied. I don't know how. They just always remain tied. They're, that's why I love them, and they're the only shoes that I wear, because I can tie them. I can get my boyfriend to tie them once, and very, very rarely will they ever come untied again. And do you feel like if you were to ask him or have to ask him every other day or once a week or more so than just yeah, like, it would you be know, hard. I would just wear I would wear um, slip-ons. But I'm saying with, with that, like to your ego and to your pride as a person, like would you just feel like I don't want to do that? I don't like having to ask him. No, because I lived my life for so long like that. I really did asking for help. You mean? Oh my god! And then but then never asking for it. Like this is such a dark story. But tell me, I remember you're like, tell me more. Tell us. Um, well, it starts with a girl who lives in West Hollywood, and she can't decide whether or not she wants to move to. Los Feliz to live hey, hey, wait a minute. Sounds 
familiar. I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. So, okay. So, I literally cannot stop. I'm a dog with a bone. My so, boyfriend's going to listen to this. He's going to be like, what are they even talking? Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't totally. know this was such an issue. So, okay. So, basically, um, I was living in New York. And I was living... In, when I first moved to New York, I was living in this dormitory in the East Village. And I was living... So, my friend came over one night. It was, like, during the winter. And she opened the window because it was stuffy. And... Um, and then she left and my my hand was still really fucked up from my accident so i couldn't close the window and instead of asking my roommates for help cuz i was so embarrassed i just slept with a fucking open window in the winter in new york city oh my and god and it was traumatic and like i just want to like i just want like when i when I think about that, like, I think when you live your life like that, like, stuffing things down, never wanting to be an imposition to anyone, like, just being like, anyways, don't mind me, I'm taking up as, as little space as possible, I, like, I think you get to a point where you just break, and you're like, fuck this, and now I don't apologize for anything, and I don't feel awkward about anything, and I take up as much space as I need, and I don't feel bad about it, because it just, first of all, no one cares. Yeah. Like, no one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I ask someone to close my window, they'd be like, yeah, of course. Like, no one gives a shit. And um, it's just such a sad way to live your life. Like, it's all in your head. You know what I mean? And you're such a joy to be around when you're completely yourself, too. And it Oh, gets, my God. People are so attracted to that, too. I know. And then it they gives really permission are. to other people to be themselves. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you're just doing some, everybody's such a service. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's exactly. So, um, yeah, now if I need help for it, with anything, I'm just like, hey, I need help. And I just don't give a shit. You're in New York. Yeah. You leave San Francisco, you're going to school. What school? Uh, SF State. Okay. It's the only show. It's the only school I applied to, and my parents were so mad because <laughs> I was in I was in all EP classes, and um and I was supposed to go to like you know a Sarah Lawrence College or whatever, and uh, I was too busy like living, laughing, and fucking with my first boyfriend yeah. to like be bothered, and so they were like, Ryan, are you going to apply to like? Hampshire, Sarah Lawrence, like you should. You worked really hard. Like, da, da, da. I bet they I love like, this impression. I was like, yeah. leave me alone, mom. I'm like fucking my boyfriend to like, you know, black ton by the yeah, yeah, yeah's in my bedroom. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like, I'm listening to moving units. Fuck off. Moving so, units. One of the guys works at Amoeba. That's sad. Like, currently, oh, that makes me sad. I'm sorry. Fuck, man, they I'm, were actually like kind of big for like two years. Blake and whoever the other guy is. Yeah, that makes me sad. I know. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't think they, listens. Like, I remember like going to see them and they like sold out like big venues. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so You're thriving. Keep going. Okay. Oh, so, you graduate. Wait, you get hit by a car. Yeah. Then I moved to New York to finish school because then I applied to the new school. Oh, wow. And okay. I got in because like literally anyone can get in there. No offense. Is that true? I don't think that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's kind of true. It's right. like it's like NYU, but like with even more cocaine, if that's even possible. Oh, wow. It's a lot of like it girls who are like DJs. Oh, like wow. it's a lot of like nylon, like magazine, like Harley Bear and Newton. Like, you know what I mean? Like, era, era, nylon, it girl, like, da 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 Like, sometimes, like, yeah, and I'm majoring in Egyptology anyways. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. My queen. Yeah. A lot of it girls went to Lang. Yeah. And it was just like a lot of... <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm coughing. Gross. <laughs> She's triggered. I don't know well, by what, but or, you know, about I what. I love it. Um, anyway. So it was a lot of that. Yeah. It was a lot of Harleys riding, like walking around, like annoyed, chain-soaking cigarettes and like not really doing their homework because they literally had to like 
you know, like fucking DJ the Met Gala the night before. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Sounds fun. It was Lol Town USA. Yeah. It was funny. It was good for like getting material and stuff. Did you go to the Met Gala? No. Are you kidding me? I feel like you're one year away. I think you next year you're going to be there. I love that you say that. I really feel like you will be. I hope that's true. You're the zeitgeist. I you you so. are important. You belong there. I mean, Jeremy o- O'Harris, is that his name? Oh, yeah. He was there. He was there. Yeah. He no, was totally. fucking there. I feel like everybody, I'm going to feel like everybody we know, I feel like it's turning into that where it's like, oh my God, but that, wait, what do they do? Oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. I Next hope, year. God, that would be so fun. I don't I mean, know who's going to dress you. Maybe Christian Siriano. I oh don't know. God. Maybe somebody cooler. Yeah. He's, hope, he's somebody cooler. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, was, I just I really like aged want, myself. Yeah. God, who would I want to dress me? God, that's a fun thought. <laughs> Four hours. Oh, that's I the new acne. thing. I just want acne to dress me. Really? Yeah, like an acne suit. That's what I would want. An acne suit. What? Is that weird? No, I like that. Hey, I thought you said you didn't care. About what other people think. You just I, do you. No, that's what I want. I want an acne suit. I was just thinking, just taking it in. I'm just like, whatever. I love clothes and I would love free clothes. I'm like really getting into free shit. Yeah, get free shit. Because again, I'm occupying that weird space where I don't like have a lot of money. So I'm just trying to like figure out how to get free things. How many followers do you have? Um. Oh my God. I have like 69. 60. Are you just? 70. 67. <laughs> No, it's like, it's around there. It's like 67 to 70. It would be more funny if you were like 152,000. If you like knew off the top of your head. That I do. Yeah. I mean, honey, I'm not, I like, can't am I supposed 20. to play it cool? Like, you know, no, I took my stats. You are playing it cool. I mean, you are cool. But I mean, like, I'm saying like, uh, but it's like, I know exactly how many I, I don't have. Like, they're like, it's just social media. And you're like, uh, you mean the way the world works now? Like, like, can we just stop pretending like it doesn't matter because it does? And yeah. I'm not saying that that's okay. And I'm not saying that's right. Yeah. But it's like, it's just a reality. It is like a game, isn't it? Too, because I know it is, but I'm so bad at it. And I just like live my, like, it's like, I don't, you know what I mean? I, uh, I do care, obviously, but I, but it's like, I see the work people put into their social media presence. And I'm like, do you have someone? Like, this is like a full time job. What do they do? What's the work? Because I notice it's like, I'll be told, like, post more selfies, but I feels like really weird. But then if I do, if I do, Who's it's telling better. telling to post more selfies? People, that's what, like, people want. You're posting your press stuff, and, like, you should be because yeah, people want you. Yeah, you know what? I felt weird about that you until shouldn't. I didn't. Until, until I, I didn't. Do you know what I mean? Yes. At first, I was, like, so self-conscious. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I worked my ass off on this show mm-hmm. for literally four years. Like, toiling way behind the scenes. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And people want to see you. And they want to see you thrive. And all of, you're, like, inspirational. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. See, we'll great. see about that part. I, I mean, LA is also a weird town where it's, like, you just feel, like, when you've achieved some level of success, you're just, like, worried that everyone's talking shit about you. Or maybe that's me. Just, no, people. Maybe that's me being insecure. I don't know of anybody talking shit about you. Oh, thank you. I mean, I don't. I don't think they are. But so what did Jordan ask? <laughs> he never. He never wrote back. He Whoa. never wrote back. <laughs> of course, classic oh, Jordan hey. Faceman troll. Wait, classic. Read that's not even a troll. He'll, he'll probably. He's. It's not personal. No. It's not no personal. No fucking way. Uh, no way. I'll tell you what Augie. Bitch. I'll tell you what Augie asked. Oh, what did Augie ask? For some reason, I DM'd uh, Jeffrey Self, and I went, "Oh, I'm having Ryan on the show." Blah blah. Like. And then I went, oh, I should just text Augie. Yeah. Like, and then, and then he, he saw my, my uh, message, didn't write back. But then I texted Augie. Immediately, I had like three stream of consciousness text responses. Uh, oh, he, Augie's so sweet. He was like, oh my, oh, actually, you know, I'm going to read what he said. Okay. Because I love lovely. the Jordan no response. I mean, is it personal or is he just living his life? You know, I probably, we're all in Who's just saying this big, bad world that it's, we live in? It's true. He wrote... Uh, this is what he, I, I go, hi, you know, let me know if you have any questions, suggestions. And he wrote, what's his favorite thing about me? Please ask him that for me. Ryan's, oh. a, gr- Ryan's a great talker. You'll have a lovely time. <gasps> he, I love that that was his question. What's his favorite thing about me? 
I love Yeah, them. what do you love about Augie? Okay, so Augie... Augie plays your love interest. Augie plays my love interest, and this is going to sound really bad, Uh-oh. but Augie knows this, so whatever. So I knew Augie was an actor, but I'd never seen anything he was in, okay? So really, I was just going off of him at parties. That's the only way I knew Augie. I knew him socially, very loosely, at parties. And whenever I saw him at parties, I'd be like, oh my God, Augie has such a way about him. Like, he is such a... There's a je ne sais quoi quality about him. Like he is that how you say it? Yes, I was yeah. <laughs> and it's like he just he does such confidence and he's such a charmer. And I wrote this character, Carrie, and and really like he's him. I mean, in my mind. In my my in my mind superficially, Augie is this character. And so I like just asked him if he could play it. Literally never having seen him in anything. But I knew, obviously, he was the lead of a fucking network drama. So I'm sure... I knew he had some jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I knew he could do it. Yeah. But I also was like, babe, just be yourself. But like, no British accent. I know. That was weird. Can I say something? Like, Please. I always wanted the British accent. And then my producer and director said, like, they were, like, really against it. Why? And I don't know why. I honestly could never get to the bottom of this. But, like, I also was, like, probably, like, so emotionally exhausted in, like, my own world one that I was like, oh. Okay, whatever. I mean, either way, Augie comes off so, like, cute and charming and lovely. But, yeah, they were, like, very anti-British accent. It was weird. Was it hard for him to change it up or he was fine no, in an instant? Wow. You know, Classic Augie. Augie. He's always ready to play. Oh, he's my always, God. He's always going to be there. Yeah. I know. He's great. Um, oh, what's my favorite thing about him? Um Everything about Augie is basically that he is that way, that he's so fun-loving. He's so infectious. Um, he just has really great energy. I know that sounds like very basic to say, um, but he's very fun. And you just like, I don't know, he like he definitely pushes me out of my comfort zone because I'm like a Virgo routine bitch. And like, like I don't know, we went out for my birthday part, my birthday when we were filming hit and we went out. Uh, the night of my birthday and <laughs> I don't know. It was just wild. What happened? It was just wild night of partying, which I don't really do anymore. And we were out till like six in the morning. Like he took I his dick out, didn't he? What? He took his dick out. No. Oh okay. my God. I guess that was, the par- that was the party I was at. I don't Lol. know. He took his dick out at a party? I don't think so. I don't That's know. That's quite, okay. That tracks. Wait, really? He did. Okay. That is <laughs> low. Very quickly, very quickly. There were no dicks at, okay. at my birthday. It was very quick. It was, a, it was a joke. It was a, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know what happened. It was like maybe it was two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Everybody was drunk on margaritas. And uh, it was it was it happened in a flash, and it was just more of like a party prank. And I was like, oh my god! Wow, I love that. That tracks with Augie. That does, yeah. I just think he's such a charmer, and then he also has such depth. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Augie, if you want me to delete that from my podcast. No, I'm leaving that, it. No, it feels like a very Augie thing to do. Yeah, I love authentically Augie. What I said, authentically Augie. I know. Oh, uh, he has a podcast. You're getting so cozy. I know. Well, your couch is really cozy. Is it? Yeah, I like oh, it. Do you like your couch? I do like my couch. I love a sectional. Is this a sectional? I guess it is. is it? I guess it totally well, it's is. It's a little teeny se- like there's it is, a section. It is. It is not a sectional. I live and die for a sectional. My apartment is too small to have a sectional. Yeah. Which is make me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad. Wait, we gotta, we gotta, we got way more stuff to cover. Okay. We are hitting sectionals when we we gotta be talking about I Netflix. Know. Okay, okay. 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 Oh wait, we what British else? accent. What you love about Augie? We've we've there. Check that off the list. Right. We got that. Okay. You're in New York. Yes. All the it girls living your life. <laughs> I want to get. I want to know. 
know, I mean, if there are any like hot important moments that you have to express to me, but I want to know when the when the book came along, how it oh, came yeah. to be, uh, okay, the writing for TV shows, and what order did that all happen? How did that writing career happen? And then the Netflix show, and why are they only fifteen minutes? Well, okay. We'll start there, actually, okay. because I don't want to... Yeah, that's why a, do you want to know that they're 15 minutes? Or well, where do you want to start? I'm, I'm starting there. You want to start 15 minutes. Okay. And then I'll take us back to all the other answers. So the way the show came about was that we went out and we pitched it in 2015. Mm-hmm. Who's we? Uh, me, Jim Parsons, my best friend, Craig Johnson, who's a director, and um, John Regi, who's a co-producer, he's a producer, creator. He worked on 30 Rock and The Comeback. He's incredible. He never worked on Sex and the City, did he? No. I don't... I don't think so. All right, forget no. that. Keep going. Um, so we went out and we pitched it. It was 2015. I, you know, felt very confident that we would sell it. We we did every pitch went like gangbusters and we left every pitch kind of feeling like, okay, we have this in the bag. And then everyone passed, which was so depressing. But I honestly feel like 2015 was a long time ago and I don't think people really even knew what to do with a show about a gay disabled person. I'm being totally honest. You're like, so right. I think the culture needed to catch up. I, I always say that like in 2015, Hollywood was just realizing that like women were funny. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh my God, women are like funny. Like Brad City, Amy Schumer, crazy. Like, you know what I mean? So like gay disabled was just like not on their fucking minds. You know what I mean? They're like, we'll get to that marginalized population later. See you in four years. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, what happened was we went to this place called Stage 13, which was a digital, a digital branch of Warner Brothers, and they were doing short-form content. Now, at that point, I was so desperate to get it made that I would have done, like, fucking webisodes. I didn't give a shit. I just wanted to get it made. No disrespect to webisodes? I mean, okay. Okay. <laughs> Only disrespect. I know. Just kidding. Um, no, but, like, I would have, like, I would have done whatever. I just I wanted know. to get it made. I'm you know what I mean? I'm just teasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why. That's why. And, and it's so funny because so I wrote the scripts and then they sent them to Netflix. And then Netflix was like, oh, we've actually never done short form before, but we really like these scripts. And like, why not? Oh, wait a minute. Okay. So you go to this company. It was just like a part of Warner Brothers. Yeah. Digital. Yeah. You write how many scripts? Uh, eight 15-minute episodes. Eight. And these are the ones that I've watched? Yeah. You write them for them. And then how did, how did it go from being there to Netflix? I don't understand. So... They were working as kind of like a a digital incubator. Like they were paying people to write scripts and then they were going to shop them around. Oh. That's sort of how it was working. So they shopped them to Netflix. Yeah. So you write it, they're an incubator. They take it to Netflix. They take it to Netflix and Netflix was, yeah, at the time had never picked up a short form show, but um, they really loved the scripts and they were like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's do a short form show. Um, And then we were off to the races. Oh, my God. Yeah. Four years. Four years, yeah. Well, because here's the deal. I had to work. So during that time, I staffed on two TV shows while I was writing the episodes because, like, God knows these eight 50-minute episodes weren't paying me. Like, what you know what I mean? Like, I needed to actually staff. So that's what I was doing. So that's partially also what took it so long. Like, it took so long. Um, When did you start writing on television shows? I started writing for TV... In September 2013, that's when I started writing for Awkward on MTV. And when did you graduate college? 2010. 2010. And you majored in what? In writing? Creative writing. Creative writing. Oh, wow. I mean, and then... I know. So you're in New York. I can literally do nothing else. Well, you're in New York. When did you write the book? I wrote the book half when I was in New York and then half when I was writing on Awkward. 
Okay, and uh, what is the name of this book for all my listeners? Oh, it's called I'm Special, Another Lies We Tell Ourselves. Um, yeah, I got a book deal because I was um, writing for a website called Thought Catalog, and um, it was my posts were getting some attention, so then um, I ended up getting a book agent and wrote this proposal, blah, 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 and that's sort of what happened. Wait, did we ever write to each other because of Thought Catalog, or did you ever send me links to Thought Catalog? So. Catalog. Okay, to cat. No? Maybe. Because I, I have, know. like... Weird, not weird, but like I have, yeah, bizarre relationships with people I've never met. I mean, I know I've met you, and especially right. I've met you now. Like for like, uh, where I have these like interesting connections to people, but we we've never met in real life. We've never faced up. We just like over like really intense emails, and I remember having really intense emails in exchange with uh, somebody who wrote for Thought Catalog. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know who... But a a very lot young, of people wrote for Thought Catalog. But, Honestly, if you knew anyone in the year 2011, chances are they wrote a post for Thought Catalog. That's true. And then, well, then there's like this really kooky, young, young, young kind of goth kid. I don't know what his name was, but he was like really special to me. Really? Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember what he was up <laughs> he to. He was really special to me. Can't recollect <laughs> his name. Well, he had like a, a, a pretend name. I can't remember. And then anyway, whatever. Well, let's... Put a pin in that. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to Los Feliz. <laughs> okay. Wait, so you write this book. So I write the book and then and your- also I guess I should tell you the full story of like the Please. fact that like I, the book that I sold to Simon Schuster was not about my disability. I was closeted about my disability and you know, when when I first lied about my disability and was an accident victim, the first couple of years were amazing because I felt Ryan, the accident victim, was entitled to everything. You know what I mean? Whereas Ryan, the CP sufferer, didn't deserve jack shit. So the first couple of years, I really was like truly in a good place. And then, you know, I think all my shit caught up with me. I think that when you're lying about who you are, it's like it is like putting a bandaid over like a huge gaping wound. You know what I mean? And so it's interesting because back then I don't think I had the emotional intelligence to like really connect the dots in terms of where my pain was coming from. I couldn't, I don't think I could have pinpointed it as being closeted by disability, but it's really interesting because I think what, when you're younger, even when you're like truly like living at the, I hate myself fair, you have these like moments of clarity that you're like, Oh, I need to do this. This is like very important. If I don't do this, like, I, I need to do this. This is really, really essential to like my survival. So when I got the book deal for Simon and Schuster, it was to write this kind of bullshit urban outfittery, like how to be a 20 something book. And I was like, Oh, this is my chance to come clean about my disability. Like I need to do this. So that's kind of what I did. And it really changed my life. I mean, I was so, babe, I was so sad in my 20s. Honestly, like, looking back at it, like, I just thought I was in my 20s and I was going through it and feeling all the feelings and, like, da-da-da-da. But I was, like, on drugs. I didn't have a lot of friends. I definitely had no romantic prospects. My life was pretty hollow. I just had my work and that was it. Your work was just writing for a show? My work was writing for Thought Catalog and then writing my book. And writing your book. That's all I did. My work was my life. My work has always been my kind of my, my life. I, I Writing is just my space. It's my space to figure out like how I'm feeling about things, how I make sense of the world around me, how I like harness my outrage or anger about things. Like it's it's interesting. I really carve it's always been like that ever since I was young. Like nothing like everything else in my life could have been on fire, like a mess, but my writing has always been I don't know. It's always been there for me, and I've always been there for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
Do you feel like you write, you uh, communicate better through your writing than you do through speaking? No, I think they're pretty similar. I think they're pretty similar, but I, I do think that if I'm struggling with something or like Internally. struggling w- with how I feel about something, uh, writing will always help me figure it out. This might be a completely inappropriate question. No, no, no. When you say your left hand is your dominant hand, yeah. that's what hap- uh, was hurt in the accident. And then I masturbate with my right hand now. That's exactly what I was going to ask. With your right hand, I was going to say with typing, you said you dictate your text when you write. I write, I can still type. You can still type. Yeah, but just like with like a couple fingers. Okay. All yeah. right. Good. But it still works. Getting all the, I'm getting down to the nitty gritty here, you know, getting know. all the not leaving a stone unturned. I love that I could predict your masturbation question. I wasn't even going to ask you that. Oh, I wasn't. You no, I was going to ask you oh, how you write oh, when you fuck. type. And you. I thought for sure. I thought you were. Gonna, fi- no, you were being silly. Well, you said I, inappropriate. So I was like, oh, she's going to ask me how I masturbate. No. And then you actually asked me, you know, whatever. Wow. You felt, that was more, that was all you. That's true. That's a window into my soul. Into yours. Florida length of a Florida ceiling window. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so you write the book. Yeah. I write the book and then the book. So then I write a post for Thought Catalog actually, where I come out of the disabled closet and it was about five months before the book was supposed to come out. And then, uh, I did that and my life kind of just changed overnight. Cause I finally was like living life like with no secrets, which is an incredible thing. And then uh, Jim Parsons read the post and then asked to meet with me. He read the Thought Catalog post? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because what was weird is, like, my friend Adam Roberts is friends with them as well, and he posted about it. And then Todd, Jim's husband, read it and was like, oh, we need to meet this person. And they were just starting a production company, like, just starting one. And I don't think they had even hired an exec yet. And I met with them, and I loved them. Now, here's the deal. I've been around enough famous people to know that um, they're psychotic. So when Jim Parsons wanted to meet me, I was really nervous because I was just like, oh my God, like I can't. I really can't deal with actors. I have to be honest with you. Like they're crazy. I mean, they just really are. And I say that as an actor, but I'm not really, I'm more of a writer, like whatever. And um, so I went to go meet him and Todd and I was just really nervous and they are so amazing. It's like kind of eerie. Like also like the bar for being amazing and a celebrity is so low. Like literally if someone doesn't spit in your face and like give a monologue about like their astrological sign, they're seen as like a good person who cares about you. Yeah. But like, but he actually is like a genuine, like amazing person, him and Todd. So I met with them and then there was three other studios bidding and a lot of them were more experienced. Again, Jim had just started his production company, so everyone was sort of like, we don't know what this is. But I didn't care because I just connected with him, and everyone else I met just felt like they were in it for like the wrong reasons. They felt like they kind of just wanted to be like involved with like, the new chic, hot, gay CP project that Jim was, was eyeing. Mm-hmm. And so I went with Jim... And, um, and then, yeah, that's when we pitched it. And then we, you know, it's weird. It's weird. I've been on this journey with him for like four years now. Five. Four years. Yeah, it's it's, isn't it crazy how it can take so long, even when you have like, you have great people. Yeah. You, gotta, you have the scripts it written. Is. But, like, but here's the thing. Everything good that's happened in my life has really all been timing. All of it. Yeah. It's all timing. Yeah. Like when we went out in 2015, it just wasn't the right time for the show. And now think about it. We have Shrill. We have Pen15. Like like people are just really horny for diversity in a way that they weren't in 2015. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, again, it's like, it's zeitgeist. It's sort of like me going viral on Thought Catalog. Like it's right time, right place, you know, because you can put as much energy and, and talent and hard work into everything. But if the stars need to align with the timing of everything, yeah. that's really it. 
being at the right time, right place. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. What? Now I'm just like thinking, I'm taking everything in. Well, it's like depressing because like it is depressing because you're like, wait, but if I work really hard and I'm talented, like I should get to where I want to go. And you're like, mm, you also need, you also need luck and timing. There's so, so many, there's so many boneheads. So with no talent, we're just flourishing. It seems it's so luck. happy. It's oh, luck it's and luck. Timing. Really? Yeah. Are you happy now? Do you think? Or happy? Yeah, I am really happy. I'm going to be really excited. Like season two negotiations are like about to start. Yeah. And I, I'm really nervous about it because I just know it'll be stressful. Oh, God. I want a season two so bad. I know. Me too. And Netflix has really been amazing. I have to say, like, they're incredible to work with because they really do trust the creator. And they... They do? They really do, babe. They stay out of your way. They really do. They gave me notes, but, like, there were never mandates. And they were very thart, smart, thart, smart and thoughtful notes. And um, I took them all because they were they were really good, actually. Oh and they've been really incredible. They really, really have. I've I, like truly, I'm spoiled to be working with them. And um, yeah, it's been a dream because I'm used to like being an exec hell. I remember I once wrote this movie for a studio, this teen comedy, like like almost like Mean Girl style. And literally, I got a note from an exec that was like, "We just think this is missing something." They're like, "Have you considered writing in a school shooting?" And I was like, excuse me? I was like, if this is, I was like, this is a comedy. Oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm like, laughing. No, no, you yeah. should be laughing because yeah. it's, it's absurd. So I'm used to like dealing with true idiots every day. And like, it's been amazing working with people at Netflix because they're so smart. And also Jim's company, That's Wonderful, is is um, my execs there, Allison Momassi and Eric Norsoff. I'm like accepting my Oscar. That's why I'm naming names. I love it. Um, they are so smart and so thoughtful and so anti-execy that like I've really lucked out with being surrounded by smart, amazing, creative people that not only don't have any interest in like neutering my voice, but just like want to enhance it and make it bigger and bolder. And I think that's really lucky. I think that's really lucky that I found these people that just understood what I was about. Cause trust me, I think that when you have like a very distinct point of view, it can be like a blessing and a curse because I don't think people really know what to do with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of have to like find people who get it and kind of protect you and act as like your bodyguard against like the gibbity gobbity goop garbage people. Yes. Yeah. And then like can shepherd you into something. Do the four years, that was just because that's how long it took to write? No, so the four years, so we pitched it. I mean, my memory of it is Swiss cheese. So we pitched it in like June 2015, and then no one bought it. And then I think it was kind of like dead for a while. And then I don't think we went into stage 13 until April. And again, I was like working. You know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, I, I April like, of 2016. 16. Okay. And then you saw it in 2018. We shot it, yeah. We shot it this in the summer. So, so then, so then, what happened was we sold it. Oh, but then the deal took like a year to close. I mean, deals take forever. Why they, do they take so long? It's yeah. like infuriate. It's like yeah, again, very relatable content. But I, I mean, sorry. Listen, no, it's true. Showbiz deals, deals take fucking forever. Yeah, they I'm, really do. I'm waiting for a podcast deal to close. It's no, been, it's been no for like being with a network or whatever. And yeah. it's like it's like been three and a half or four months. And I'm yeah. just like it's and, a joke. And I don't want to be pushy. And I'm like emailing my resting like, hey, just wondering if there's anything I could do to help or. Uh, no, but it's on? fucked up because we need to make money. Like, it's not, yeah. like, like, what are we? What do you think we're doing? Well, in Just the meantime, like, I'm, like, negotiating my own podcast ads. But anyway. that the goddamn truth? Anyway, but... No, um, but it's true. So the deal took forever to close, and then once it did close, um, 
the scripts again i got staffed on will and grace like i just i also was really busy like i just was yeah. so um the scripts just took a while because it was hard for me at first i'm not gonna lie like writing 15 minutes was really difficult i come from the land of half hours so it took a while for me to even wrap my head around what the arc of the season would look like given Jeez. that time constraint so um but yeah it's crazy it seems like when i tell the story back to you it doesn't feel like that long and it feels kind of like hashtag blessed but it was a long journey and there was a lot of times where um, it was like not going to happen or you know what I mean? Like there were a lot of, I mean the fact that it actually got shot and every, like the stars aligned with everything. Like we got every actor that we wanted, all the deals closed in time. Like it is, I got to say like it is the most stressful period because every, it could fall apart at any moment. Isn't the woman who plays, so the woman who plays your boss, that's your boyfriend's writing partner yeah how'd you know that i just just a few clicks on instagram looking on your page clicked on your boyfriend really saw her picture on the thing and then their thing about their their you their know movie. their movie yeah, i was another like, deal they're waiting for to close i've been <laughs> six months sorry no, i don't mean to put that on blast she is so incredible she's incredible she's incredible i think i auditioned for this role and no, did you a, didn't. i did a horrible job i was Wait, like are you serious you did audition i may have audi- and i i'm i'm pretty sure i to put myself on tape or something and i like i just gotten it i like got it the same day put yourself what? on tape blah 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 did it and then I saw her performance and I went, why do these lines sound so oh my god oh and my her god. delivery like it, it was so she's great she's amazing she's amazing so wonderful I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not about to do an impression of her for no, you I just, I just had to sit up because there's this one moment when she sets you up on the blind date yeah. uh, when she's like she just like moves her hands yep. back yep. that move I was like oh my god so here's my theory about that because she's very physical she comes from musical theater honey she's on Broadway so she like she is yeah she was yeah she was on Broadway and she just she's physical like she's just she moves a certain way and like even her movements are so funny like you could literally just like show her moving her hand or just like showing a look and you're gonna get laughter I mean she's a dream to write for because you know that she'll just everything you give her she'll just knock out of the park when she was uh, dictating when she goes back to dictation she's like cigarette yes blah 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 was that uh, off the cuff yeah amazing I I I I think my director like it was a very it was a very given I mean our time constraints were real like we shot this in 19 days in Texas yeah in Austin Texas why in Texas money honey money honey okay as in in we didn't have any (laughs) anyways um so that's what we had to do. By the way, I love Austin. And oh, you do? Oh, my God. Have you been? Yeah, I do. And I love it, Babe, too. Yeah, it's I just amazing. love Texas. Honestly, the people. I so... I love a get out of LA moment. I know that my show set in LA and I know that like it would have been amazing to shoot here because of like authenticity, et cetera, et cetera. But like I live for like a on location moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was in LA because at one point I thought when you were driving in the car wash, you were on oh, Santa Monica yeah. Boulevard. We, we, had like two, we had like two days to shoot. Was experience. that Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood? Yeah. I yeah. knew it. Yeah, totally. Native. So we did have like two. <laughs> we're so spoiled. We have <laughs> two. No, I think we had one day. I'm yeah. not kidding you. We had one day to shoot exteriors. And, um, yeah, it was a very, the fact that we pulled this off, it feels like a fucking miracle and it just is a testament to everyone and how talented they were and how hard they worked to make it happen because no one made any money off this project. And it truly was, it sounds so corny to say, but it's truly like everyone just like believed in it and like wanted to do an amazing job. I'm just like, I don't know. It's like emotional to think about because it's just like everyone just showed up in this incredible way. What is the perk for Netflix trying out uh, doing a short form show because let me just also say when I first watched it I was watching it with a boyfriend and we were like 
wow, that just flew by because we thought it was a half hour show. Yeah. And then we're like, and when we're nearly done with the whole se- uh, you know, season. Like, How'd you hear about it? Through Augie? No. Oh. I just, what did, did you know I see? Augie was in it? I had no idea. And then oh. I saw, I had no idea. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I just saw like he was in the, oh my God, it's Augie. Or I saw it in the trailer or I was like, I think that's Augie. I don't know. It was just we came across it on Netflix because I'm just obsessed with Netflix yeah. and watching all this stuff. I was I think I watched Russian Doll, finished that, yeah, and then loved this came it. out. At first I didn't like it and then I fucking loved it. What Russian Doll? Uh, yeah, at first I, I was the like, same way. The first three episodes, because I saw the I heard the reviews and I saw the first three episodes and I thought, mm, it's fine. I was like, And yeah. then it t- changes and then you're like, and then oh, I'm it's weeping. literal genius. Did you watch Pen Fifteen? Pen Fifteen is I have not watched it yet. Oh honey. I need to. It is Everything. Why? It's just the best show I've seen in forever. This is about you and your show, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. We're pushing your <laughs> show, them. but but then that's wonderful. Okay, but so why do you love that show so much? Um, because it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. The premise is, you know, these 32 year old women are playing themselves in seventh grade. And did you ever see Jamae Private School Girl? Crystal Yes, I've seen like two episodes okay. a while back, you know. So what's genius about that show is that you truly forget that it is a man playing a high school girl and you actually truly just think it's a high school girl. And that's a testament to Chris Lilly and whatever. And in Pin 15 is the same way. Like you get the visual psychic of the fact that they're 32, but then they are so they're such brilliant actresses that you just forget. You like literally like you're like, oh no, these are twelve year old girls. Like yeah. these are like twelve year olds, and it is a show where you know, like you hear this thing like I was laughing, I was crying, it was all the things, and you're like, okay, whatever, bitch. This is like the first show that I saw where literally I was like laughing, dying, like couldn't breathe, and then getting so emotional in the same moment. It like, it's just very, it's a brilliant show. Anyway, okay. well, I don't even know where to find it. I'll find it. What do you find? It's I'll on find, Hulu. I'll find it. Okay, it's, it's on, on Hulu. Hulu. It's on Hulu. The way the way I came, I found out about it was uh, they were the bartenders on uh, Inside the Clubhouse with Andy Cohen. Oh, they were? Yeah, and they were so wait, amazing. They were, wait, 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 wait. They were the bartenders, wait, wait, wait. not the They were yet. just the bartenders? No. I know! I no, I not know. today, Satan, not today. When are you going to be in the clubhouse? Well, it's been? really funny you ask that, sweetie, because I was a bartender when my book came out. Yeah. Normal. My book comes out, you're the bartender, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, I mean, I should not be talking about this stuff because I'm, I'm actually potentially, whatever. Whatever. So if you're okay with it, say it. Yeah, if you're not. Fine. So so basically I was the bartender. It was amazing, super fun. Um I mean it's one of the best shows ever. I, I was live. I know. Yeah. Andy Cohen's a genius. Like it talk about a show that just moves so fast. That's that's why it works. Like cuz the late night talk show f- format is so hard to get right. It really is. And like it's like like I feel like you watch a lot of late night and like it drags, but I think Andy Cohen's ADD works in our favor oh, because I love him. He he gets bored so quickly, and it's like great because like we're we're like we're bored too. We're bored too. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, and I think he just gets that. So anyway, um, I think I was trying to get booked as the bartender, but they like no no as the guest obviously, and I think they only offered me the bartender slot through a publicist or your reps through my publicist. Okay, and and like my it was so funny because my publicist was like no. Like, he's not going to be the bartender again. No. This sounds like such a monster thing. No. Such a monster thing. But I will say, and I will not name names, but my friend said something to me that I thought was so cool. She was like, she was like, oh yeah, I've been offered the bartender. Oh yeah. She goes, I'm not going on there until I'm sitting on the fucking couch. And lo and behold, she got asked and she 
was a guest on the show. Oh my god, and I think that's really chic. I know it sounds lol USA, but I think it's like yeah, like wait until you get. You know what I mean? You think that you get pigeonholed if you're the bartender. Once the bartender, forever the bartender. But it's like, do you think? No, that? no. It's just like it's like I want to be talking to him. I don't want to be like sitting behind him being like yeah, like wait, hey, yeah, like wait, before we like hey. Okay, let me. You but know also what? like to have the girls from Medellin just be the bartender. That's like disrespectful. But, like, they literally created one of the best TV shows of the year. Okay, they cry, but you know what? They're I, their elegance radiated like they were performances because they were like reading quotes from like New York Housewives. Wait, that's like that's like a level above bartender. That's they, rare. Oh, they gave him a lot of responsibility. So maybe maybe open your mind, open your heart. It's almost like being a featured bartender. It's like it's like a, a step featured, between bartender yes. and guest. Yeah, featured. They were they were featured bartenders. Jeffrey Self's been a bartender, right? Writer Doyle was just a love. Bartender. I love. Her. I just saw him today. Love. It's so funny. The last time I saw him was I, I think. Oh yeah, at like a Jeffrey party cool. or something. Well, we're the short form queens of Netflix because he did Bonding, which is brilliant. That's the short form, also. Yeah, Bonding. So Have you seen that? I've not seen that. Oh, yet. it's great. You should watch. I have it. to watch that too. Yeah. Okay, so and I guess I was going to ask about. Uh, oh yeah, so when so you don't you don't know when you're going to be in the clubhouse, you're going to wait. You're not going to be well, the bartender so I'm again. I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York this summer. I'm going to do my favorite podcast ever, Seek Treatment. I've never heard that. Oh, it's Janios. I love it. It's so, babe, Seek Treatment is life. It's amazing. Okay. So I'm going to Provincetown and then I'm going to New York to see Franz and then I'm going to, I'm going to do Seek Treatment. I'm probably going to do some other pressy things and um, hopefully that's when I'll do the, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I, hopefully one day I will get on that Watch What Happens Live couch one day. You will. But until then, she's not going to bartend. It's just a chair anyway. Yeah, it's not even a full-on couch. But it's symbolic. Yeah, you know I get I mean? it. Yeah. I've listened. She doesn't want to stand. She wants to sit. You want to sit. She wants to sit. There might be a stool, but you want to sit. Also, just like the first gay, disa- or the first disabled guest, like in, like not to be That's like a... big a, deal. It's a big fucking deal. And like, disabled people need to be more visible. Like, they just need to. I feel like we've been so erased from our culture in a way that really gets my goat. I was so honored that you responded so quickly on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, he called me honey. Or he said honey. Uh, I was yeah. like so excited. See, I, was like, I can't believe this. you're addicted to honey. It's like, oh I'm addicted. I'm, everything you say, I'm just like, this is incredible. Oh but, uh, my God, you're so sweet. I mean... Well, because I mean, I know you didn't remember, but I, I know who you are, so... No, thank you. Know, you. Like, I mean, who am I really? Let's see. I'm really... Uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about this. Okay, so... Oh, wait. <laughs> you're like, that's an alleyway. I don't want to uh, walk I really don't. Um, <laughs> scarier than your brain, but... Uh, or parts of it. Anyway, are you on antidepressants? No, I love that. That's like a question. I just, I know it's none of my business. It's so no, rude. no. I would answer. I would answer because yeah. I, 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 um, no. I've been really. Here's here's my mental health journey. It's like I. Boy. I know you're like anyways um, make the Los Feliz runner I know right I know well I'm just saying like if I lived in Los Feliz I'd probably be on antidepressants but West Hollywood now okay just kidding just kidding so go on no I mean I I, um, I'm pretty steady I have to say like but I do have I've had two I I guess I call them episodes because I I don't know else to explain it I've had two really really bad anxiety episodes where I have an anxiety attack and then the anxiety just never leaves. So it feels like I'm actually having an anxiety attack that lasts truly. This is like not a joke for like months. Like it happened the first time when I moved um, from New York to LA, I had my first anxiety attack. It lasted for about a month where I felt insane. And then when I was in Will and Grace, I suffered my second anxiety attack that that one lasted longer. That lasted for almost four months. And it's like, I don't know how else to explain it. It just truly feels like something in my brain breaks. Like my brain operates 
on a frequency that is normal every day, like whatever, like love. And then something happens where it just goes, and then it's askew. And then I'm just operating on a different level. It's like crazy. And how does that manifest? Like, what does that look like? It just means I'm living in a constant state of anxiety and terror. And like, I can't sleep. I can't really eat. I don't want to fuck. And like, what's crazy about anxiety at least for me, is that I still was really high functioning. Yeah. Like I was still working on Will and Grace. You know what I mean? Like, so I had to like go to work every day and like pitch jokes and like go to tape nights and do all this stuff. Meanwhile, I was like truly like dying inside. So, but then interestingly is that they just, they lift. It's like an episode. It just lifts. Yeah. And then it's like back to normal. It's really interesting. I don't know. It's really crazy though. I think that like being in therapy is really helpful. You are in therapy. Uh, I'm not right now, but I'm going to be again. I have the most amazing therapist. I swear to God. I like have been in and out of therapy my whole life, but the, this one, I was like, oh, this is what therapy's supposed to be. Male or female? No names. Male. Male. Love him. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I think I just take better care about like, of myself. I will say that alcohol is not agreeing with me anymore. Me neither. It's not. I'm allergic it, to it. I'm not. I'm I mean, not allergic. I think, I think my like, emotions are allergic to it. Like yeah. I've had, like I did dry January. I didn't drink for a month. Me too. Long, oh, really? Cool. Yeah. It, it was, got hard at the end. I was well, like, oh. No, for me. So here's the deal. Like I've tried to do dry stuff. Like it never works. You know what I mean? I'm always like fucking just drinking by day four. Yeah. And then something happened where I was like, no, I, I'm going to do this. And it was so easy. I'm not kidding. I was shocked by how easy it was because I drink a lot. Like I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I drink every night. Yeah. So it was like a total lifestyle change immediately. And since then, I, I really haven't drank the way that I used to, but since doing press and all that stuff, I feel, I feel an immense amount of stress and a lot of like needing to be on. And there's been like two instances this month where I've just gotten so I've gotten just drunk and it's like, and it's just terrible because I know I'm trying to like release the stress, but it's not obviously it's like, of course that doesn't work. You're going to wake up hungover and feel even worse than you did the day before. I mean, it just does not work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just interesting because I just feel like, God, like alcohol just isn't my friend lately. Like it just does not work for me anymore. So are you going to just not do it or not even give you that, that I don't label? Know. It's too much pressure to have the label. But- well, it's interesting because like, I just don't drink as much anymore, period. Yeah. But I feel like I'm still having occasional moments where... I go hard and it's just like shitty. Like I'm just not used to being hungover. Yeah. And then like, like, okay, it's for example, Friday night was my boyfriend's birthday and I was just going, I had a hard day and, um, I drank four cocktails, which like to me isn't like insane. Like I definitely will get drunk, but like, and I'll be hungover, but like not for some, like because my tolerance is lower four drinks, like killed me. Annihilated you. Like yeah. annihilated yeah. me. Yeah. next day I woke up and I truly felt like death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, God, man, I can't. Do, it's just like, ugh, I can't hang anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Also, I mean, I don't know if you believe in this what? or if even I believe in this, but uh, this was a weird past weekend. Was it uh, Saturday night? Was, that, was a full moon. It was very oh, was intense. It? I don't know. I, I love well, this so, knowing. No, so I like freaked out because like I, woke I had up a weird really, Saturday. I woke up really hungover and this is like so weird, but I had to go <laughs> meet my trainer and I was obviously still, I was so hungover. I managed to get through my workout. I don't know how. And we were staying at the Lion Hotel for my boyfriend's birthday. And I just like went back to our apartment. 
and I just laid in bed and my boyfriend was like, where are you? And I was like, I just need to not leave here. And I was just so depressed. I like, that's the thing. Like I just like my hangovers are beyond. It's like, it's not even physical. Like I get so depressed. It's a depressant. It really is. I know it is, but like, it wasn't like that. I know. And I think it's getting older. I honestly do. Like, I think I agree. like since I'm 32 and like, Oh, you're still so young. I, well, it just feels like it really, things do change. In your like 30s. you can't bounce back the way that you used to. And you can't, it's like, I feel overall just a much more fragile person. I don't mean that like in a sad way. I just mean that things affect me more than they did than they used to. You're sensitive, you're delicate. Yeah, and then you put poison in your system. As fun as yeah. a margarita sounds. I just feel like you know, in your 20s you take everything for granted. You burn the candle at both ends and you don't really see the consequences. Here's why I look at it. Like in your 20s you're like you're charging everything on the um, emotional credit card. You're just like, charge it, charge it, charge it. Like, you're like, I'm not going to deal with it. Charge it, charge it. And in your 30s, that credit card bill comes and it's like time to pay up. Oh my God. And then you have to like take inventory. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's really hard. You have to really start working on yourself because at least for me, I was finding myself in situations that I'd been in over and over again and was like, okay, obviously this is me. Like, it's not, I'm so into like taking care of my side of the street. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, like I don't live in like a blame, like I'm like, oh, well this happens to me. It's this person's fault. I'm always like, okay, clearly this is like a pattern of behavior that I'm like complicit in. That's what I just entered into in my life. And yeah, it's so annoying. It's so <laughs> annoying because you have to take responsibility. Ah, I hate and it. ownership. I know, but they, <laughs> but they not to. doing it is like truly good luck with your project. Then I'll be 50 doing the same thing. The being same like thing. Alone. Yeah. Because you meet a lot of people, I think even in LA that are like, They've been going, they're like in their forties, they go to therapy and you're like, what are you talking? Like you don't, you haven't done any work on yourself. You're still like a fucking psychotic narcissist. Like, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you talk about? Your, your therapist needs to get fired. Like you just, you're li- like living in an echo chamber. Yeah. An echo chamber. You know yeah. I mean? Because it's like what, like also though, as a Virgo, I'm so horny for self-improvement. I like get off on self-improvement. Yeah. I'm like, how can I be better? You know what I mean? So I really do like taking opportunities to really examine like why things are the way they are. What is, what, what are my patterns of behavior that I need to help fix? Da, 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 da. And yeah, it's not fun because you realize that you are a part of the problem and that you have your own fucked up issues that you're completely responsible for. But again, it makes it for an easier life in the long run. But don't, I you, think. don't you feel like you can only see all your fucked up things when you're in a relationship for the most, because you're reflected in somebody else's eyes or all of a sudden you're like, Oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Oh fuck. I've got to, I've got to explain my behavior. Yeah. I mean, is it, I just feel like you have to work on yourself so much more when you're in a relationship because you're so much clearer to yourself than when you're alone. You can avoid a lot when you're by yourself. Yeah, you can. You definitely, like Jonathan is such a, I mean, he's a very emotionally healthy person. Like he's a neurotic freak. Don't get me wrong. But like, I always think about things like if I'm ever moody or I'm, or I have like an urge to be mean to him about something, I'm always like, would Jonathan do this to me? If the roles were like, would he ever do this to me? And the answer is, Always no. Always no. Yeah, he would never. He would never. So 
he's like kind of a better person than me. Yeah. And I think that motivates me to be a better person. Oh, that's how I feel about my boyfriend. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. That's the way it should be. Please get the pattern. I think you might love it. Or maybe you don't have time for it. No, I do have time. It's like astrology on steroids. It's really great. You can put in all your boyfriend's information and then it can read about each other. And I couldn't believe it because I was so ready to be like, this is bullshit. What's but your boyfriend's sign? He is a cancer. Oh, cute. Aquarius, cancer. Very emotional, very sensitive, but almost emotional and sensitive. I don't know what it all means. What does he do for a living? He is an animation director. Oh, she. So he's hot. quiet. He's British. That sounds like stable and hot. He's stable and hot. <laughs> You're like, direct me, honey. I love that. I love a director. <gasps> oh, my God. I mean, Who directed your show? Wasn't it the same Oh, one? amazing. No, it was Anna DeCosa. She's this amazing director. Um, I met like 40 directors. I met so many. And yeah. It was hard. It was really hard because yeah. a lot of people just uh, it was like next, 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 next. Yeah. And I met Anna, and she. So her background is that she was an EP on um, Baskets on FX, which oh, is yeah. great. I forgot. And about she that directed show. an episode of Lady Dynamite, and she was an EP on Insecure. So I was like, her credits are just like yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And I just met her, and I just immediately was like, okay, she gets it. That she's the one. Like she left, and me and my producer were like, this is the one. Um, she's a delight. It's like interesting. Like everyone just pulled it off. Like she only had directed Lady Dynamite. That's basically it. And now all of a sudden, she was in charge of directing basically a, f- a future. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. And, and like we block shot it, so it was a lot of responsibility. And she fucking killed it. And not only that, but she like. I think in a director, what you want is someone who is very sweet and nurturing, but also very decisive and knows what they want. Yeah. And that's her in a nutshell. Like she's so warm and loving and so creates such a great environment on set, but she's also very clear about what she wants. Like she's not a pushover at all. She's very tough. And I think that combo is like chef's kiss. <gasps> chef's kiss. Yeah. Wait, she directed every single episode, right? Yeah. And that's so that it was, there was, there was, you know, uh, what is the word? What? Not continuity. Not continuity. Well, but no, because just... we block shot it. So we like all the egg woke scenes were shot the same week. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Wait, how long was the shoot? 19 days. 19 days. And yeah. essentially it's 120 minutes pretty yeah. much, right? It is like a Babe, feature. It was hard. It was grueling. How many days? 19. 19 days. It was like shot like a little tiny indie feature. Don't movie. even tell me what the budget was. I know. What was it? I can't. Don't tell me. You're probably not allowed to. It's, I can't. I don't think I can, but yeah, it don't. was whatever you think it is, like detract, subtract Subtra- like 5 million or 10 million. Like literally it's a joke. Oh my God. And why, this is what I was asking before, like why is it in Netflix best interest to do short form? Is that because everybody has a less of an attention span now? I think that, I mean, I think it's actually really smart. I mean, I won't do it. I mean, season two, I won't do short form. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Interesting yeah. to so, know. Tell well, me. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I've been very clear from that from day one. That's what the negotiation is going to be about. by the way, it's not about. their fault. Like, it's like, again, like, we presented the scripts to them as is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm really glad that they accepted them and didn't ask me to rewrite them to do half hour because that would have been literally a troll and I would have <sighs> to rebreak the entire series. But... I've been very upfront with them from day one that season two, I want to do full episodes from a creative standpoint, because Kim, who plays my best friend, I love her. she gets no story time because there's no room. There's no room. You only see her through my eyes. What a great point. I did not even realize yeah, that. Oh, you, you get a little bit of mom. Yeah. Well, the mom gets her own storyline. She and gets you. her own journey. Kim never does because there's just literally no time. And I'm very like, I was very aware of that and very self-conscious, to be honest, because I was like, sorry, because I was like, but I, there was just literally no real estate. So I've been very upfront with them about season two, about needing a half hour and, and 
and needing a real arc for Kim. And they understand that because Kim is actually truly like one of the most beloved characters on the show. Who's Kim based on? A real person? No one. No, one? no just well, my gay fantasies. I love her. She's great, right? Where did she come from? Putum, um, so I saw her actually on The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. She's in two scenes. Two scenes. Really? Yeah, and she was hilarious. I was obsessed with her, and we didn't see any other actress for that part. That was just her. What's her full name? Putum Patel. And what else had she done? She's been like in everything. I mean, she was like, like, she's she's done like an arc on that show Alone Together with um, Esther Povitsky. Oh, yeah. Little Esther. Little Esther. Yeah. And then um, she was on this show, Kevin, from work on TBS. She just got cast in the, uh, fuck man, Keenan. Yeah, Keenan Wayans. Yeah. He has a show. He got ordered a series like last week yeah. on NBC. Well, so that's she, good. Yeah, she's so incredible. She's and so even though she doesn't have her own like proper storylines, I mean... You still get a lot of her. Like, we fit a lot in. She, like, just she pops. pops. Oh, that would she be steals. a pop. Jinx. Yeah, yeah she fucking she pops. pops. Yeah. No, she's a star. She really is. She's, she's incredibly talented. Also, like, like she's a close friend. Like, we got really, really close during Good. filming. And she's just, like, she's my queen. I think she's going to take over the world. I love her. How did you even know? Total left turn. But like, how did you even, you learned how to write for television in school? Or no? Is it just, like, you, how did you no, get your first job? I just kind of, like. Just, I would watch a lot of pilots. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, honestly, the first thing I wrote got me stuffed on Awkward, but I didn't really know how to write until I was on Awkward. You like, just learned on the fly? Well, like, I kind of knew basic structure, but really, you learn everything in a writer's room. You really do. You do. And, um, yeah. Have you ever wanted to write for TV? I think I do. Yeah, I do. But I don't have a clean writing sample. I have one that I co-wrote with someone. So I need to like have a clean writing sample. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it depends. Not every writer's room is created equal. The one that, um, in Awkward was amazing because it was not about hierarchy at all. Yeah. Like, like I was a staff writer, but I had, um, the same amount of voice as a co-EP, which some people don't like because they're like, "Mm," like, you know, rank down over there. Yeah, exactly. Which is bullshit. Cause it's like, you want everyone in the room to feel supported and encouraged. Otherwise fear doesn't bring out anyone's best work at all. And I think that my showrunners on awkward really understood that. And they really cultivated like a really amazing writer's room. And it was all gay men and women. Oh really? Oh yeah. It was amazing. And I'm really close with most of the people still on that staff. Do you think I would enjoy writing for a TV show? Does it take a it certain It depends. Time? It really depends on the show that you're writing for and the writer's room because some of them are hell. Some of them are not fun. Yeah. And you just never know what you're going to get. It's like you roll the dice. I wonder if I'm the lazy jerk. I used to be like, God, can I use my vlog as a writing sample? Can I use my tweets as a writing sample? Because I'm a lazy piece of shit. I, you Why don't you just write it? A clean, what do you mean? A clean sample. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe you just like podcasting and that's fine. No, I don't know. I just always wonder because I've always heard from people that they didn't enjoy it, but I'm, you know. I just. You I should know. write something. Honey. No, I will write something. Oh my god! Today yeah, changes my life. <laughs> yeah, you're like I should write something. <laughs> what a great well, idea! Well, you're a writer. What do you? Mean? I am. I know, but I just meant you know, clean like, uh, pilot writing sample to try to staff on a show. Like I've never like committed to that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's like I think people also feel like oh, I can staff on that. Like whatever. Like it's really hard to get these jobs. Yeah. And so, um, but I love it. It makes me. I I think working in different rooms really makes you stronger as a writer because it's basically like boot camp. It's like yeah. breaking million stories. Like, you know, it's intense. Well, I like that you say it. Like, it makes me think, oh, you don't have to know know it all and know everything. No, you, you can don't. learn. You, you just know? need to have, at least for me, like, you just need to have a clear voice. Yeah. And like, something specific to say. 
And, you know, the structure needs to, like, make sense. But, like, other than that. How long did you work for On Awkward? How long did you... Two seasons. Two seasons. And then I worked for... I wrote a studio movie, and then I, I didn't work for a year after... Um, it was such a... Like, that was one of the hardest years of my life. I finished Awkward, working on it for two seasons. My book came out, got optioned. I really felt like my career oh. was on a high. And yeah. I thought, naively, that my show was going to sell, no problem. And um, that I would get staffed, no problem. And um, I was really wrong. Oh, God! <laughs> I was really, really wrong. I literally was like, okay, I'm like back to basics. Like, Because um, the option got dropped? Well, no. So, the, you know, the, the, the show didn't sell, and then it did sell to stage 13, but I didn't get paid a lot of money for that. And, uh, and then I didn't work for a year. Yeah, it was hard. It was like... Really intense, and it was a mindfuck too because I was like, I was named like out one one of the out one hundred, and I was doing all these interviews and all this press about my book, and I was like, I need a job. It was such a mindfuck, and oh. it really speaks to like I think the difference between or the disparity between like what you think is going on versus like what is actually going. I on. I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like very upfront about that. Like I have no shame in my game. Like, like even right now, it's really weird. I'm in a very weird space because my show came out. My life has kind of changed, and uh, I don't think... I, I've been in this business long enough to know that it truly never gets easier. Like, there's never a moment, unless, like, you have, like, a Lena Dunham girls moment or whatever. Like, it it gets incrementally easier, but, like, not by much. You know what I mean? So, like, let's say, worst-case scenario, special season two doesn't work out, which I hope to God it doesn't happen, but whatever. Like, I'm not naively thinking, oh, I mean, I'll just stop. On, it'll be, like, really easy now because I have my show. It's like, no. I truly feel like you're always starting from level one, no matter how long you've been working, which is very frustrating. But it's real. Yeah. It's a real part of the business. And I think that, like, no one really talks about all the failures and all the rejections and they just kind of cherry pick the brightest moments and they're like, Oh my God, I'm doing so amazing. And it creates this like warped sense of like how the business is actually run and like what it is that people are actually doing. And also these curated lives on Instagram where it's like, I don't know, or you run into people and, and you're like, Oh wow, you seem like you're doing great. Or even me, people will be like, Oh, you seem like you're thriving. And I'm like, I do. It's really I'm miserable. And I'm I know. Not- <laughs> well, it's it's really intense. Like when the book came out, it was a mind fuck because everyone was like, Oh my God, like your life's a mess. Oh my God. And then like I mean, I think you can relate to this. I think anyone know like I, I like having that career anxiety at Hollywood parties yes. is so stressful. Oh my god. Like oh. seriously though, like like that year I didn't work and my show got passed on. Um, I would like be so nervous to be going to these parties because you know what the first fucking thing someone asks you at these parties? What are you working on? Literally the first thing people say, What are you working on? And you're like, Oh, um, I'm develop I'm just uh you know what I mean? And then they're like, Oh, and then on to the next. You know what I mean? It's a real thing. It's a it real is thing. a real I hate thing. It. And it's also even if nobody's asking you or you're just surrounded by it, the internal like I don't internal shame or like I'm not good enough. Oh my god, I don't belong here. Or like I'm not likable. Or, I have nothing to offer. Or, like or oh, it's just a horrible, horrible feeling. It is really horrible, and we we do live in a very toxic business that is like run that way, where it's like, what do you have to give me? Like you know, like what do I like? It is different. Like it really is. Like I've. I feel like I have not gone outside since special came out because I've just been so busy working and like doing whatever. But it's like, you know, part of me is like, oh, like maybe I should go to Akbar and like do a victory lap. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. But like, but no, but that, but that, that is so gross. Yeah, it's sick. You know what I mean? Like, totally. Like, it's like, like, or like, I remember when I was on Will and Grace, I was 
having a really hard time. Like I was going through my mental health anxiety problems and I was so depressed. And I remember I would just go to a party. God, you're so amazing. Like you're on Will and Grace. Like you must be having the best time. And I was just like, I am so deeply unhappy and I have such bad anxiety and I don't know why. And like, I don't know what's going on, but like, sure. Like love it. You know what I mean? But also in a sick way, I thought this is so sick, but like, I was like, well, no matter how miserable I feel, at least I can go to a party and feel like I'm basically walking around with a bulletproof vest because I'm stopped on a hit TV show. You know what I mean? I totally, That's so sick, though. I understand, yeah. It's gross. And I mean, I I guess it's, like, not to talk about, but it's, like, it's real. Everyone feels that career anxiety at parties, and everyone feels like if they're having a bad year that they're, like, not worthy of being there or they don't have value. Exactly. Not worthy of being there. They don't have value. And especially, like... It's a weird thing. I, I'm so proud to have so many friends who are like completely incredibly talented. I'm so happy you're on like couch right now and talking. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I respect you so much. But going to a party, as much fun as I have, and it's not always traumatic for me at all. But if I'm there with like, you know, Charles Rogers, Patty Harrison, right. and uh, Casey Janel, you know, all these, uh, Bridie Elliott, like all these amazing people, Janik Sobrava. I'm like, wow, it's, it must mean something that I'm, I'm friends with all these incredible people. I, I know my worth. I'm, I'm special too, blah, right. blah. But uh, you're dealing with like a bunch of people who are like the funniest people, uh, hustling really hard, like, yeah. like a really sharp, working on tons of shit. And it is like, it can be overwhelming where you're like, oh my God, like they're all working on shows or they're not, or this and that, or they're asking and people are projecting like, I don't know. It's just a lot. Well, it's like, it's like, but also like the grass is always greener. It's like there are people that are jealous of you and like, like, like everyone kind of has this weird sense of how another person is doing, but they don't really know. Nobody. Yeah. Like even with special, like I've been, you know, I've talked about this and I guess it's not chic to say, but like, I really didn't make a lot of money on that show. I mean, like legitimately. And like, it is a, I remember when I came back from shooting, we were in post and I had to like find a staffing job to like find money. And I would go to these meetings and people would be like, why are you here? Aren't like, you a billionaire now? Like literally yeah. like, you have your own Netflix show and I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like I need a job. I need to work. And I, and it felt so like, I don't know. It feels weird. It feels weird. Like people think that you're just like, oh, you're set. And you're like, oh, I'm so far from being set. Yeah. Like I remember like I saw this like big, big TV producer at a party and um, he was like, God, like we had developed something earlier, like a years ago. And he was like, God, Ryan, you were the one that got away. Like we wish that we could do something with you. And now you have your new Netflix show and you're just like, you're like, no, 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 wait. No, no. And I literally was like, <laughs> honey, I'm not the one that got away. I am right. Yeah, call here. me. No, please call me. Like, I, am, I am tech avail, honey. I am tech avail. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, but it, but, but it creates this weird, again, distortion of like, oh, well, Ryan's like, li- like doing so well. Like, look at all the press and da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I still need a job. Like, I'm actually, because I had to quit. I was on the 90210 reboot. Oh, and yeah. um, I had to quit to do press for special. So that was really, that was a really hard decision for me to make because you make a lot of money. I'm just being so honest. I'm sorry. Is this bad? No, it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't a, know what else to do. Am I, I going to get a text later where it's no, like, Delia? No, no, please. I don't ever get like that. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but you make good money as a TV writer and I was making good money on the 920 reboot and I was having a lot of fun. And But I had to leave because, um, and this is a great problem to have, trust me, I'm aware, but press for special was really 
taking off and I had to go to New York and I had to go to DC. I had to go to Portland. I had to go all these places. And so I had to say goodbye and it was really hard because I was like, well, that's a big chunk of my income just kind of taken away from me. Got to shop at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. You can't go to Bristol Farms. Yeah. I mean, it was just sort of like, I don't know. It's just always a balancing act and things are never, things are never what they seem. And I've never in my career, even after working steadily for the last six years, I've ever had a moment where I can be like, okay, I'll be okay for a little bit. Like I'll be okay for a little bit. I mean, I still feel like I'm hustling my fucking face off trying to make things happen. Well, you're young too. You're young. And you've got a lot more to say. No, I and know. You should have that like desire to like. Oh, I've got to do more. I got to do more because like that's that 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 could go away. It could dwindle. Probably won't. But you know, you never right. know when you get older. Whatever. But uh, I guess you just have to save your money. Be smart with your yeah. money. Always live like there's a chance you could be broke. Yeah, because you yeah. could again. Yeah. Like it, this business really operates from feast or famine. Like it does. I, I went from you know not working for a year to getting staffed on a TV show and getting that studio movie the same week, and I was like. Where were you? Like, where were you? What like, happened to the studio movie? Oh, it never got made. The, never the shooting one. Huh? That, that was one where the, the execs were like, "Even hey, it's cool yeah, shooting. Cool shooting. Right. Which, like, Twist, like, didn't get filmed. Oh, yeah, well. that's weird. Um, but it's just, it is what it is. And by the way, I'm saying all this knowing that I'm super lucky. I can't believe it. My show's on the air. This is incredible. <laughs> Something I did actually got made. That is, like, such an achievement. And I really have, like... That's really sunken for me, and I'm just so fucking grateful. But it's just, I guess, it's just, it, but I, I think it's also really important, I think, to be transparent about how things really work and kind of look behind the curtain and be like, yes, it looks like this, but it's really like this, or this is how this happened. And da-da. I think it's just good because I think that, um, I think the more honest you are about how things actually get done, um, the better everyone feels. And it really speaks to, the I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when yeah. mentality. Cause you know, where you're like, Oh yeah. When I sold the show, when I, when I, I'll be happy. Okay. It didn't go. When I sell it and shoot it, I'll right. be happy. Oh wait, it wasn't as much money. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you never, again, you can never be like, Oh, like, ah, you know what I mean? You never just sit so back. Like, and also you have to work on being happy during all of it. Yeah. If that's possible. But at least now it seems like you're not going through, well, God, I don't know what you're going through, but like an inner turmoil grappling with like your identity. Like no, you I'm in really 20s. happy. Like you know I, who you are. I'm really happy. Like honestly, like I'm so overwhelmed by the support from the show. And well, the great. fact that I've been able to do press and that people actually want to talk to me in the last six weeks is insane to me because you never know. You never know. Well, Things hit or they don't hit and they just disappear. It's it's amazing, but the show is fantastic. Thank like it's you, not some piece of garbage. There's so much fucking garbage, and you watch this, and you're like, "Yeah, how did this get made? Right. What? A, oh my god, 15 minutes of drivel, whatever." I'm watching your show. The acting is amazing. Oh, thank you. The writing is so hilarious. Even when your mom, spoiler alert, uh, when your mom, the character of your mom, says like is FaceTiming with you or whatever, she's like Cortina. Was it Cortina? Yeah. Instead of like Alexa or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know if that was a specific. I mean, like that was um no. That's a really funny thing because that's. That was SpawnCon, and that's Cortana, which is like... Oh, really? yeah. I thought that was like an ironic joke, because no. I thought it was so ridiculous. But I love that. That was us being like, please, like please we need sponsor. money. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, it works as comedy, because yeah. it's like, oh, it's not Alexa, it's yeah, Cortana, totally. that's weird, whatever. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's amazing. Well, I made it work for me in a yeah. funny way. I was like, oh, that adds to the brilliance of the show. It's just another layer. Thank you. Numerous layers. But then, and who is this woman? The hecked woman, Jessica Hecht. Jessica Hecht, Hecht. she's amazing. Where did she come from? She's, she's fantastic. She's mainly a Broadway actress. She played the role of Susan on Friends, which was was Ross's wife's lover. I know. I can't believe it. I was like, yeah. why does she feel so familiar She's and cozy to great. me? So 
I didn't really know about her. Um, she was really close with Jim Parsons. They'd done a play together, and um, he recommended her. And I, again, I didn't really know her. And then I saw her on an episode of High Maintenance, um, which is my favorite show of all time. Never seen it. I gotta see it. High Maintenance. I'm just making- oh, honey, it's incredible. Have you heard of it? Of course, I have. Um, I just haven't seen it. <laughs> you're like. Oh. <laughs> So she played she played kind of like a helicopter mom in that. And, you know, the role of Karen was really tricky to cast because I think it was really easy for a lot of actresses to kind of just, like, do, like, the wacky multi-cam ABC, like, helicopter mom. Like, Ryan, like, clean up your room. It's a mess. <laughs> like, wah, wah. And Jessica, like, just didn't – she doesn't do that. Like, she's a very natural actress and, like, she's so crazy talented. Yeah. Um, so she was – I mean, it's, I feel like we hit the jackpot with her. She's very, like – you know, Paul Mazursky, like 70s acting style, like, she is. like an unmarried woman vibes. I was like, who is this woman? Because, yeah, it was so naturalistic. I loved it. So naturalistic. And, and when her face, too, the way she looks is yes. like such a nice face. Yeah, she is, she's beautiful. She's really beautiful. And, like, she just is such a cool person. Like, when I was in New York doing press, she invited me over to her house for dinner, and it was just her husband's lovely. And it just feels like family with her because she's so warm and so loving, and she's not crazy. She's, like, a normal person. Oh, that's you know? nice. So you can find some non-crazy. There's some non-crazy ones. There are. There are. And I think the non-crazy ones stick together. Wait, Jim Parsons' Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I just can't. It's so crazy. That show just ended too. Yeah, I know it just ended. I had a creator, or like one of the creators, or two creators of that show. There is. How do you know that? Uh, Well, I've never seen that show ever. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I can't remember the name. I I don't know because Chuck Lorre, not Chuck Lorre, but the other guy. How do you know the other? Like, what do you mean? The other guy followed me on Instagram, and we followed you on Instagram. We started chatting. Oh my god, was he like wanting to fuck? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Honey, big. I have a big bang theory about that. I'm sorry, that's bad. <laughs> By the way, I bet you have gotten the creepiest guys in your DMs. I do. True or false? True. I feel like when you're a woman who writes about their love life online, you probably in, like get so many like creepy deepies just coming out. Well, I don't. Woodwork. I don't blog anymore. I haven't blogged for like ugh, the word blog. Right, for, like, but like three you know years. What I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. My vibe like, of like oversharing. Yeah. And but I think I'm going to start doing it again just because like. I remember I, I blogged, I got attention for it, I got management, and then I was like, well, I don't need to do this anymore because I'm, I'm, I'm with a cool management company. Totally. And then I was like, and now I feel like blogging is coming back in a weird, ironic, like it's not as embarrassing as it was for Big Chunk. I agree. Like I'm sick of, po- I feel like, okay, now now Trader Joe's has a podcast. Right, like, totally. We're done, like Gucci has a podcast. It's like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm now I'm like, I think blogging is like, it's been long enough and I might do it just for like a, a release or something. I like it. Or, I still have a Tumblr. You do? Oh, yeah. I have a Tumblr that I write in that like... What is it? Just Can we tell me. people? It's mylivejournalsucks.tumblr.com. Okay. And it's just for me. I think that... I need, I need to get back to it. Being a writer for TV, it's like you're so used to like so many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. There's something so liberating about something just being for you. No structure, blah, blah, blah. Yep. What you feel, my thing. Yep. And then the funny thing is I find such joy... I found such joy in it and it led to so many good things and then I, for, I stopped doing the, the original thing that brought me all the joy. You know what I mean? Like, Why do you stop? Because you just kind of like got too big for your bridges with vlogging? Is that kind no, of what happened? I sold like four shows and none of them got made and I wanted to die. No. I, and I, I was like, I wanted to, like, it's too boring. I've, I've told this story so many times I've got to be like, get a new story. You fucking No, but dork. I haven't heard it. 
I sold like a bunch of shows. One was called Boy Crazy. Another one was called Like Adults to Amazon to Showtime to this and that. Never got made. Girls got made. Every week it was like, Lena Dunham's on the cover of Vogue. I'm going to die. Girls too. Oh yeah, because she read my blog and she was like, I like Alexi. Play the character of Alexi. I wrote you into the thing. Oh my God. That's so funny. Very nice and everything. But it was just like so gut-wrenching. But that was so long ago now that now I'm like... You know, I don't know. So now I think I want to start writing this thing I used to write called The Blind Lead in the Blind, which is top 10 list. Of like, yeah, I remember reading that. You do? Yeah, babe, I read your blog. You just made... I mean, you made, that makes me so happy. Yeah, of course. I read your blog. That's how it got in like, the I'm Boy Crazy Radio. Come on. Honey. I know. This just makes means a lot to me because I forget. I forget that maybe it meant something to people or people liked it or thought it was funny. And like that was that was how I came in. Listen, we have very different stories. We've had yeah. very different backgrounds, whatever. But I remember being like having this identity inside. When did this become like a weird confessional where you're my no, therapist now? But I had a, it is a conversation. But like, I remember not expressing the real me inside because I was like, I was like, in a, I had you in your show talk about internalized ableism. Yeah. And I had like f- internalized misogyny. Uh-huh, totally. And I, because my dad hates women and blah, blah, blah. And I don't right. talk to him and who cares, blah, blah, blah. But I had this like person. I was very promiscuous. I had sex with lots of people. I had all these funny weird stories. I was very. I observed like every horrible detail, and I loved being the butt of the joke. And I remember when I started my blog, is the first time I put all my thoughts. Anybody saw that side of me, right? And when they liked it, and they thought like, "What? Who are you? What? This is what's been going on in your head?" Like, because I was always a changeling in different situations, just trying to mold to whoever wanted me to be. I'd lean against a wall to be cool with all the cool right. wall leaners who are right. quiet musician cool people and. But really, I just love Target and Listerine mint strips, and uh, I want to talk about feelings all the time. And you know, I had some mean observations about things that I. Anyway, anyway. So, so I'm basically, happy to get you're back saying that. that like you haven't really written as like your authentic self in a weird way, like maybe well, or like not in a while. But then I did for like this other online publication. But it's different when it's just for you, and you don't have to. Oh, they want me to write about mental health and blah blah. It's like with my thing. Yeah, so I'm going to start doing that again, just to write the top end list because, like, that was always really fun. I think you should. It's also just a good way to exercise, right? You're like, sorry, like Did, going up. I right. was like, like falling off. I love it. You're getting real cozy. I feel like we're both about to take a nap. I'm just I know, like, right? my boyfriend probably will be here, and this will be a great way to close the show to be like, uh, he's here. Hey, okay, West Hollywood or Los Feliz? <laughs> the listeners must know what is the behind-the-scenes scoop of this rental drama. You're gonna think he's so cute. Oh, I'm I mean, so you obsessed. already saw that picture. Anyway, um, I don't even no, know. No, but the but I think that here's the deal. Like I. Like, I think it's really important to, like, water the brain plants, and I think that writing is a great way to do that. Yeah. And I think it also gets your brain going, circulating new ideas. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I understand what you're saying. Like, you're presenting one way, but also I just feel like this time, like, you just grow up so much, and you realize so much of, like, why you behaved the way you did. I think, like, it's, like, so many story breaks with yourself. You're so right. I feel like now, oh, my God, I was reading like drafts that I never published on my blog, journal entries from like five years ago about a problem I was having with a boyfriend at the time. And I was like, oh my God, this might as well be a journal entry from my current relationship because it's just me, oh, the wow. same behavior, but I didn't include names. I didn't even know who the fuck I was writing about. Oh, wow. It was it's like that interchangeable. Her, You're like, uh, like stat, stat. I, I don't even, I was like, what year? 2015, who was I dating then? I don't know. But I was in such wow. turmoil about it. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. Like now there's so much growth to reflect you know, whatever. But uh, I think you should do it. I'm going to. Yeah. But, but to throw this right back to you and make this about you, because I did want to ask, answer, ask this question, and we do have to land this plane because you have a life to live. Oh right. You I have do. a life to live. When yeah. I do. Okay. Well, when do you write though? What's your structure? How I do you structure your day? Well, 
I haven't written in a while because of being so busy promoting special, but um, and that's thrown me out of whack. It really? really, really has. Like, I need to write not every day, but like every other day at least, just to feel some semblance of sanity. And I really have not like sat down and written something like in two months or something. It's it? weird. Out Magazine is making me write this. Um, it's making me, LOL. Good. Non-consensually. <laughs> Gun to your uh, head. Yeah, totally. <laughs> LOL. Out Magazine wants me to write this op-ed about my body. LOL. And I was like, and initially I was sort of like, nah. And I was like, no, this will be good because I think it will break me out of my writing hiatus and like force me to sit down and actually like start articulating. Because I think also like I've never gone this long without writing and now it's sort of like this thing where I'm like, I haven't written anything in two months. Like, what does this mean? Like, who, like who am I? Uh, who Can, am I? I? Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah. And I think this Out Magazine thing is a good way to kind of like just dust myself off and get back into the swing of things. I'm as much fun as it's been promoting the show because I love it so much. And I'm so glad that everyone loves it too. I'm really, they do. I'm really glad to get back into my routine because I'm again a whore for a routine. And what is the routine you're oh, a whore for? I need. I'm going to copy it. So I think that you know. I think that being an adult is understanding the conditions under which you can exist <laughs> the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, so for example, like for me, when I'm writing, I need to wake up and go straight to just writing. I can't do anything before. No There's shower? just no before. If I get to, if I have breakfast, what's up? If I have like a, a, lunch, a breakfast meeting, then I'm done for the rest of the day. I really need to get the momentum going. And then, so a, an amazing dream writing day is me getting up, going straight to, I still work in a coffee shop because I'm disturbed. I love that. No, I know, but I, I respect it. you. And if you do it, I'll do it. It's like weird. It's like, a, it's, but I need that like hum. I need the hum of like activity. Yeah. And I put my headphones on and it's like whatever. But it's, I hate it because there's so many dark souls working in coffee shops well, in LA. You're not at like Bourgeois Pig or something. No, my God, that would be so tragic. That would be but really I'm, embarrassing. But I'm, but I'm working at places where like you're like, Ugh. I mean, it, no matter where you go, it doesn't matter if it's high or low. Yeah. You're going to fucking find some delusional freaks. Yeah. Like people that are like, oh, you're working in a script? Like me do. Like, and you're just like, <laughs> you're like, shut the actual fuck up. Like literally stop. Yeah. Like, non consensual conversation. Conversations yeah. Left right. So, um, so then I do that. So then my dream days, I go right, and then I take a break because I feel like my brain can't process anything after three or four hours of writing. And then I uh, wait. We're here. gonna. We're gonna. Are we taking it to the finish line? Are you here? Is oh. he here? Hold on, hold on, guys. This could be everything. Oh my God! Please, oh. readers, listeners. <laughs> Hold Please. On Hold on. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Keep talking about your writing. So then I work out because I need to clear my head <laughs> and then that's it. He's not here. The, the, the reveal is that you've never had a boyfriend. He doesn't exist. <laughs> this is a ghost. You've been pulling the wool over our eyes for some time. Like, I love that. Nearly done. He's just wants to, uh, nearly done. Okay. Just text when you are here, period. We will be done. What's the longest relation that you've had? Back to you and your writing routine. Oh, oh my the God. longest one was five years. Really? He was Australian in a band. We lived together. He moved to America because of me. He wow. was very toxic and dysfunctional. Five um, years. That's a long time to long be time. toxic. It was really toxic. I'm sorry. I don't mean to text while we're together. I don't care. I would never want you to think that's No, but I you am. like need to text your boyfriend because he's coming. I understand. Yeah, so I want, you know. I'm not a psycho. I'm not like, my yeah. time, please. Wait, did he call? I understand this no. is a fluid event. You're going to edit this. I understand. I probably won't edit this. Oh, at all. This is like real. I love that. This is another so layer. Well, no. Okay, great. I love that. Okay. 
writing. So then I'll work out because I need to clear my head and exercise is really important for that for me. And then if I'm lucky, if I'm really ambitious, I'll, after my workout, I'll go to my bed and write in bed and I'll edit what I wrote that morning. That's a good day. So how many hours are you writing when you're originally writing? So it's like, I would say like nine to one and then like one to two thirty working out lunch and then 3 p.m. to like 5.30 p.m. Editing. Yeah. That's a whole other beast. Stuff. Okay. But that's a good day, honey. Like there's some days where I'm like or literally, fun. there's some days where I literally answer five emails and I'm like, well, I'm done for the day. Like I like, we feel so accomplished. That feels like my life. I'm like, I'm going to walk to the post office. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna then you're, oh, honey, if you're walking to the post office, you, you can go back to I'm, sleep for four months. I'm going to go back to Erewhon. Oh, what's up, Erewhon? Oh, Air 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 I want to talk about Erewhon. Yeah. Leash. Total freaks on a leash, but oh I'm into God. it. And everyone there is hot in a psychotic way. Yeah. Everyone there will ruin your life. Vincent Gallo used to hang out there all the time. No, stop. He's, all big, the he's t- like dark. Bad news. I know. I'm just he's saying. Like a, I think he's like a Trump supporter. Is he? Yeah, he's fucked up. I mean, I know that. I mean, I'm just saying. I like I what know. he looks like. Yeah. Or what he looked like. He's aging. Wait, he still Erewhon. looks good. I think so because he only eats at Erewhon. That's hot. Crispin Glover would always go there. Twist. I was, I was in a relationship. Some good signings. I can't recognize, again, face problems. I can't yeah. recognize faces. So my my boyfriend and I will go there and he'll see like 40,000 celebrities and I literally will see no one. I think Channing, no, Army Hammer was there the other day. That's hot. Who cares? Anyway, hot. do you wake up to take a shower? Do you take a shower immediately or no? You just no, start writing. I just go, I go straight to the coffee shop and then I shower after my workout. More what riveting schedule. Riveting podcast fodder. Yeah, I don't exactly. have, I don't have one. I'm trying to learn from you. I'm just going to try to copy your style. Well, no, everyone's different. That's the thing. Like everyone's different, but like you have to know the conditions under which you can get writing done. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over deluding myself where I'm like, Oh, if I can get breakfast with someone, don't worry. I'll start writing afterwards. Nope. Sorry. That ship has sailed. Here's my schedule. So yesterday I woke up at like seven in the morning. Then I had a body work session, a two hour body work oh. session on Beverly Boulevard. Two with hours. With this woman who wanted to give me a session with her so I could talk about it on my podcast. Oh. I'm going to advertise for her. She good. She was incredible. And she was like, listen, you have to know what I do so you know what to right. say about it. And I'm like, oh, great. Sign me up. She weaves in astrology, Reiki, a massage, essential oils formulated for you. This might as well be the ad. But She like, kisses you lightly on the mouth. Lightly on the mouth. It's everything I ever wanted. <laughs> okay, but yeah. But, and, just, and you're on a bio mat. And it's That's just, hot. And, and it was just like, I didn't nap, but it was almost like I was nap. It was like very deep and relaxing. Anyway, whatever. So I love that. did that for two hours. Had like a... <laughs> Had a commercial casting. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, that's where the real money is from the corporate companies. Yeah. I don't know. Girls you gonna eat. Right? A lot of commercials. So yeah. yeah. So that's, that's cool. I'm not proud of that. No. So rock, rock, maybe I should say I'm proud. I'm man. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm putting bad vibes into the ether. Yeah, you should be proud. I'm I proud. No, but seriously, I don't like to. I because I was like ashamed about like acting. Like I like didn't give myself permission to want that because I wasn't attached to starring special at all. You I, weren't. No, 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 no. I was not gonna be in it at all. Who the hell was gonna play well, this part? You were incredible. I know now. Now we're like, LOL, that we thought someone else could play it. You are it. so charming. Not, no, but just like, You're wonderful. it's so hard. Like, we would have to find another gay disabled actor, which I know they're out there, but... Um, Who are they? There's, well... There's like two, I don't know. Two, I'm sure they're there. Who cares about them? It's I'm not sure you. they're there. I care about them, too. But, like, but to me, also, like, this is really weird to say, but, like, so much of the character relies on my specific disability and my specific physicality. Yeah. And that would have been really hard to replicate with someone else. So, um, I mean, I couldn't take, I mean, sorry, Augie not having the British accent. That's one thing. Yeah. But then Augie, no British accent. 
and you Someone not playing else. you? I know, I know. I, too much. Well, here's the thing, though. I think that I've always been a performer and I've always wanted to act, but I never gave myself permission to want that. So when we initially went out to it, out with it, and I was not touch the star, it wasn't like deep down. I was like, I wish it with me. Like I just, like, it was so deep seated that I was like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna be in it. Like it just like didn't even. It was not even anything I thought about. But now having it be out, I'm like, oh, I've like always wanted to do this, yeah. and I really like this, and I don't want to feel ashamed about that. Well, probably you felt like if you if you didn't attach yourself to it, it would be easier to get made, maybe. But no. actually, no, because then then it's like, who's the well-known who movie would, star? Exactly, exactly. Unless unless you had some. I well, guess and that's part of the problem, and that's why like casting is such a trigger like thing where they're like. Basically, people are like, well, there's no, like, for example, like, no trans movie stars. You're like, yeah, because you don't put them anything. Yeah, let them become the, a movie star. Put exactly. them in one movie. They'll be a star. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? You have to take chances on anyone, everyone. But someone took a chance on Angelina fucking Jolie. You know what I mean? Somebody. Like, hello. You know what I mean? I just ripped the thing out of my headphones. Um, I love that you wear headphones. I know. God. What is that for? Hello. You need it? Just to make sure the levels are good. Oh, we know what's going levels. on. Now we, now we podcast for an eon. We know your writing schedule. We know. Okay, what's next for you? Because you just, you just win an award also, too. Yeah. What, was this, what was this award? Oh, sound, sound a little bit more peppy about it, okay? Um, no, no. It's like, <laughs> Wake the, up. God. Okay, okay. Um, no, it was super exciting. It was the HRC Visibility Award, which I like trolled them for in the speech because I've been, I'm like, I've been visible for 20 days. Wait, what? You've been what for 20 days? Visible. What's the it HRC? The this is human rights campaign. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I'll no, be bleeping okay. and editing that no, out. It's okay. Not. It's okay. okay. Um, no, so they gave me the visibility award, which was hilarious because I literally, they gave it to me like right before my show came out. And I always have this joke of like, if you're gay and disabled, people just start throwing awards at you. You're like, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. We can see you. Um, but it was incredible. Like my, like my friend Craig Johnson um, and I got flown out and Craig gave me this amazing introduction speech and, um, it was so fun. I was so tired. I had just come from this like flight from Portland and I had like no time, but, um, I really, I really enjoyed it. Again, it's sort of like this feeling of like, I like performing to groups of people Yeah, and like, I never, I always knew it deep down, but like, again, I never gave myself permission to like really lean into that part of my personality and like. I don't know. I just feel like it's really, once you stop, like once you free yourself from all the shame and you don't like live, like, I don't know, like when you can, once you like unlock your full potential, you can pretty much do anything. And that is a sound bite from this episode. If I did sound bites, yeah. that would be the sound bite. But you are magnetic. You're so magnetic. And you oh, also well. walk, and then I read something about you and somebody's like, oh, the, he's warm nature and blah, blah. And he's so funny. And then you walk into my place and I'm like, oh my God, it's true. Like, I'm just like laughing. I can't oh, I stop know, laughing. It's so weird when like. I don't know if you've encountered this, but like when you'll do like a show or something like that, everyone's like, they're like on camera or, or they're doing whatever. And they're like, did it, they're amazing. And then like, it's off and they're like, mm. and they're like, they're, they're all like in their phones. Their energy yeah. is so different. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get that too. Cause like when you're performing that way, you need to like self preserve. But I think for some people it's like, you're it's literally like serving two different things. Yeah. Completely mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you're playing you in your show because when I first saw the like a promo, not, pro, not the promo, but just like a quick thing on Netflix or maybe just even the picture and we we're like, oh, what is this show about? I almost didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. With, and the, we we're like, oh, is this going to be like, I don't know what the quote is, an able-bodied person it's pretending so to be. People say that. And, and thought, I'm like, how rude. No. But to me, I'm like, can you Google it? <laughs> Like, oh yeah, and then Google it. Yeah, and then well, then we watched and we're like, oh, and also I think that like 
people are such boneheads. I mean, me included, where it's like people don't even really know what cerebral palsy is. Right. When people same. are like, I, mean, is I don't it? blame people for that. Like, it really is. No, let's blame them. <laughs> let's no, blame them right now. No, I'm just we're educating them now because they would get confused with. Oh, MS, Parkinson's, oh CP. I remember, Don't you get that all the time? I remember the first piece. Of, it's been actually a really blissful press tour where no one said anything stupid, but I remember the first amount of press we got was we were on a USA Today list of like top 10 shows to watch in the spring. Yeah. And they identified me as having MS, which they I was did. obsessed with. I was like, that is psychotic. What did you do? What'd you say? I was just like, LOL. I literally called them out like on my Instagram. I was like, uh, MS, really, babe? Like, LOL. Like, no. Like, it just speaks to, again, the ignorance surrounding disability and how there's no conversations around it. And I, but I'm like, the MS thing, I'm like, honey, because it said CP all over it. In the thing. A, it just had an MS once. And I'm like, can you, I mean, this is just lazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, like just read it. What are you talking about? Yeah. MS. Like, well, no. I just know how ridiculous people can be because when I try to talk about the show, they're like, oh, what is that? Is that like this? Is this, or is it that? Or, the, or what is it about? Did you say? And then, yeah, it's just, I don't yeah, know. Like people just, people don't know how to navigate disability. And I think there's a lot of discomfort around it. Yeah. And, um, but it's like, we haven't been given a platform and like, it's so interesting. Like when I would see all this amazing stuff happen surrounding like racism in Hollywood and women in Hollywood and then trans rights in Hollywood with transparent and stuff like that, I would be like so excited. And then I, part of me would always be like, okay, like when is, when is that going to happen with disability? Because, like, one in four people identify as disabled. It's a huge part of the population. And I just have always been wanting, when is disability going to get in the spotlight? When is when are we going to start really talking about disability and how disabled people, disabled people are treated in our country? When are we going to talk about disability representation? And I think we're starting that now, but it's just, like, it's so late. It's so late. You're doing it. Well, yeah, and other people are doing it, too. There's this show, This Close on Sundance Now, um, oh, with yeah. Shoshana Stern and Josh Feldman. Jordan, my close personal friend, Jordan Firstman. Jordan? Uh, who, Jordan? Uh, he directed uh, a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, and that's a great show. And um, Speechless just got canceled, which is such a bummer. It's, like, so crazy to me that, like, for 25% of the population, we have, like, three shows. Like, it's just not okay. Yeah. So I really hope... And also, like, also there's, like, one. if a disabled story is told, it's usually about our pain and, like, our trauma. And it's, like, I'm done with that narrative, too. It's, like, gay stories. Like, gay stories can exist, but only if it's, like, our conversion therapy or, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, no, no. And it's also played by straight people and written by straight people. And yeah. It's yes. like Hollywood loves to profit off our pain and get a pat on the back, but it's bullshit because they don't give us any opportunities. So then the marginalized stay marginalized. And so we don't actually gain anything. Well, you're leading the charge. You are one of the people who's doing it. Well, which is also Isn't why for exciting? gay parts, I wanted to add cast gay actors. Yeah. It's really important to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's super, super important to me. Like, give these people jobs. They're so, they're super talented. And we don't live in a society that, that where there's an equal playing field. I mean, I know they're all doing great and like whatever. I'm not saying like I plucked them from obscurity, got, you know, um, but it's just important to give them jobs. Yeah. To give people jobs. No, it's a great cast. The acting is great. It's a great cast. The writing is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Gosh, I can't tell if you like the show or not. I fucking love it. Oh my God. I know. I'm like gushing. It's so embarrassing. I'm you. <laughs> fucking I'm asshole. You. Oh my God. I'm like, well, you, you can't. Let me see. Stuff yeah. about you. Oh um, last final question. I yeah. promise, kind yeah. of. You live with your boyfriend. Yeah. He's a writer as well. Yeah. 
how do you balance being in a relationship, um, maybe being moody or just having feelings and yeah. being very creative and a magnet, a magnetic personality? How are two How do you balance writing? And your relationship. Communication and also not mixing, I think. Like we, we we wrote a movie together once, which like I'm really proud of, but we wrote it and it this is all me by the way. I'm the psycho that was like, I can't write with you. Like because we'd like he writes very differently with his writing partner Marla, who played Olivia. Oh, they like so literally funny. sit there and they're like and then she says this, da, 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 da. and then he says that. And I'm like, I watch them and I'm like, I would commit so like I can't do that. That is like that is like pulling teeth for me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm used to writing alone and moving quick and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there's something about just going through the agonizing process with someone else's brain. I'm like no interest in. So we wrote a movie, but we wrote it separately. Like I would take a couple scenes and then he would take the next couple scenes and then I would edit the scenes and then he, like that's how we did it. And um, we did it and we I think you know we did a good job. But I like moving forward was like oh like we can't. Yeah. Be working together. What happened with the movie? Is it good? Did you like it? Yeah, it's really good. It's like, it's set up at Broadway Video right now, which is Lauren Michaels Production Company. And we're just fucking trying to, I don't know. It's oh so hard to get gay shit made. You have no idea. I sucked the life out of you. I can tell. I got you to the point where it's like, we've been talking for past two, almost two and a half hours where it's like, we talk about everything. It got oh, real. Oh. It was like no, charming just, a magnet. And then it's like, it's oh. just depressing. Cause it's like, it's a gay, it's a gay movie. It's gay, It's called gay bash. It's a gay action comedy. What's it called? Gay bash. And gay bash. Yeah, Ooh, I love it. Yeah. And it's really funny and it's really good. And I, I just love it so much, but it is so hard to get gay stuff made. Also like, Going through the list of directors is so fucking bleak because it's truly all straight men. Like, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I'm seriously getting to the point where I'm like, should I just learn how to direct so it's easier to get things made? Yeah. Like, I'm honestly, like, I guess I'll just try to learn how to direct because I think I'll figure it out. I hate waiting around for people. Do it. And I hate, and I hate being like, oh, there's literally four gay directors that we can go to with this. Yeah. And if they pass, we're fucked. Jordan can direct it. Charles can direct it. Oh my you God, directed. I would love. What? I said, you direct it. Charles direct it. I don't Charles know. was so sweet. He took me out to, or I took him, or whatever. We had breakfast before special started, and um, he gave me some really good advice because, you know, he's a showrunner, and he knows his shit, and I just love Charles. He's been very nice to me. Me too. I'm nice. like, I just, like, I have such a weird, not weird, I just have such a deep love for him. It's like bizarre and I don't want to make him feel I don't want him to feel uncomfortable because I don't even think he knows but when I see him I just love his face I oh, love his no. his brain his talent the way he speaks the way he dresses just being in the vicinity of him like I just like I adore him yeah that's it, that's it. yeah he's a sweetie pie yeah what is next for you um going to dinner <laughs> very cool <laughs> ODM bitch <laughs> What? Odium is one of my favorites. Yeah, oh my god, right next to the Broad. Super nice. I've had two very lovely dinners there with my boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Love. Um, all right. Well, and uh, where, where do we find you? We don't know what's happening uh, in season two. Everybody needs to watch. You can follow me at Odium. I'll be there tonight. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. You this... can follow me at Verve Coffee. Um, no, you can follow me at Ryan Ocon on Instagram or Twitter. And uh, watch uh, all eight episodes. Yeah, it's very bingeable. Of special on Netflix. Run, don't walk. And uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Unless you're in a wheelchair, which is okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Ableist language. (laughs) Policing that now. I've seen you write. Run, don't walk on your Instagram. Honey, I literally have. (laughs) I can't. The the snafus I've gone into. Like, because I've been saying run, don't walk for forever. I didn't know that. I 
that's a fucking slur. No, I mean, it's just, I'm, making, I'm making fun. I know, I love like, it. Fuck you. Some people don't have the luxury to run or walk. Fuck you. What? What is that voice you're doing? What, what is that? That's <laughs> just one of many. I'm like praying. My boyfriend is just like outside, just like just sweating. Just being like, I know. So you're like, you're full on. This because you want, you want <laughs> the viewers I to want feel. Him to walk in. You want there to be an ending. You, you want, want it to come full circle. You that you want to like let the viewers know where you're living next year. They're what's listeners. Your They're listeners. Whatever. What viewers, that the, listeners. Whatever. That's a slur too. Anyway, thank it's you for a, being on my podcast. Thank you for having me, honey. Bye. Smooch.